talking lodges, travel, social media, and more with Carolina and Craig. This is the Wild Eye Podcast. Hey everybody, my name is Jerry, I'm from Wild Eye. Now if you've been listening for a while, you might remember in episode 358, I had a conversation with Carolina Norrie. Originally from Sweden, the short version is she moved to Africa, started working at a lodge, met Craig, and then during lockdown she spent her time to kind of hone her wildlife photographic skills. Uh, she's been doing really well on social media, kind of growing because she understands the game and she plays the game very well with reels and such. So when her and Craig decided to come through Johannesburg after they left the lodge industry, we thought, hey, let's just sit down and have a nice conversation over lunch. So that's exactly what we did. And in this one, it's just a conversation about wildlife photography, a little bit about travel, lodges, working at lodges, and the travel industry. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. Had a lot of fun. We've just started recording as of now. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so I'll, I'll do the intros and stuff to this later on. Yeah. Tell me about the podcast again. Okay, so we, we want to start a podcast uh, called Wildest Kruger Stories. Uh, simply because we realized when like hosting guests at the lodge and stuff, they love listening to all the crazy stories of what happens in the bush. When you, yeah. when you live in the bush and work at lodges and stuff, and how does that whole thing actually work? Mm-hmm. Uh, and both myself and Craig love talking. That Anyone who knows us knows that. Uh, so I don't think you'd be in this industry if you didn't. No, <laughs> very true, very Your. true. So yeah, we we planning on starting a podcast where we're going to do... Like, Is it going to be just you guys or are you going to bounce with other people? No, we're going to bounce with other people. Yeah. We're hoping to bring up quite a, bring on quite a few friends, um, people that are like-minded people, you know. Mm. Um, maybe I've actually been, had a thought about bringing on one or two guests, you know. They generally, like as a guide, just having worked for about 10 years in the industry, sure. you've got guests that have followed you from property to property. Yeah. They've known you from when you are 21 years old. It's in one the of the best forms of marketing. And, and amazing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, thinking about bringing guests like this and you know chatting through them about how... What platform are you going to use? Um, I'm not sure. You're not sure? <laughs> look, look. <laughs> Logistics aren't done yet. Okay, look at, look at I just, because I just moved the Wild Eye podcast over and I've started my own podcast on Captivate.fm. Okay. Captivate.fm. The cool thing is, and because I used to host on SoundCloud. Mm. Okay. The, the, well, and then you can syndicate to Apple and Spotify yeah, and what yeah, have yeah. you. The problem with SoundCloud is apparently they're having some issues and because okay. it's a music first platform, yeah. it's not as flexible from a podcast point of view. So Captivate.fm is just for podcast. It syndicates to everything, Google, Amazon, wow. everything. Okay. And you can also do, you can like put guests on, you can do callback links, you can market. It is phenomenal. Awesome. That'd so be definitely, I've, right I've literally only started using them about four or five days ago, yeah. Yeah. but already I started paying subscription yesterday. Okay, nice. Because okay. I feel that, and that's how much I believe in the podcast format. So yeah. look at Captivate.fm. Okay, cool. And it, it creates a nice little landing page almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll be for example, what's it, Wildest Kruger? Wildest Kruger Story. So Wildest our, Kruger's. our company's called Wildest Kruger Safaris. So then you would have, have Wildest Kruger Safaris.captivate.fm. That's yeah. your home base. Okay, cool. And yeah, it's phenomenal. Okay, that's good. We'll definitely look at it. When is that starting? Probably it next day mm. tomorrow <laughs> probably like may or something because we've got crazy things happening right now oh, we actually no, we're actually going to tanzania for a whole month doing a photographic no. yeah in march yeah 20th of march right? yeah okay uh, yeah. so we're quite busy now is it a hosted safari guest no it's no, a no, 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 no. photographic marketing yeah uh, so it's a what do you call it photographic project uh, and yeah. we're going to uh, do photography for a company there okay and uh, visiting all their lodges we're going to cli- climb kilimanjaro which is going to be quite cool uh, and go to what's it called uh, zanzibar as Oh, nice. We're going to three of the properties in Zanzibar. Yeah. I think it's I think it's properties that they market. Yeah. Um, 
as their agency, or they, they market those properties. I'm not yeah. sure if they actually own them, but okay. they, and we're going to do a little bit of photography, just getting their word out there. You know, COVID recovery is, yeah. is a big thing nowadays. Yeah. So, are you guys, so, so while, tell me about Wilder's crew going. <laughs> where to start? <laughs> so where to start? There's so many things happening in our lives yeah. at the moment. Yeah. So Wilder's crew was kind of our idea of kind of getting a business running with regards to tourism and travel. Mm. Um, but how can, you know, there's so many agencies out there, isn't there? And how do you break into a, a market that is really dominated by mm. pretty much every second person? 100%. So we've decided we need to try to take a, take a route where, you know, focus. So the first thing was focus on Carolina's following on Instagram. Mm. She's got, she gets such great traction. Mm-hmm. And um, that was how it originally started. We were going to start this, this, this small thing and we're going to do stuff on our leave, mm-hmm. you know, for, you know, for six sure, weeks, sure, two sure. weeks. And then... Uh, Avenge, that's not possible. I've been there. Way too much work. So 42 <laughs> days straight, we decided, no, you know, sometimes you're guiding. If you're a guide, you're guiding for 42 days. Yeah. And, and if you um, keep guiding, nothing's funny oh anymore. Oh my no. goodness. <laughs> you have no idea. And basically what then uh, we decided was like, okay, cool, we're going we're gonna to sit it out for a couple more months mm-hmm. and basically get through all the logistics and kind of see how we're going to make this work. So we've got a, a kind of... Well, our website's in development at the moment, mm-hmm. and we're going to have like kind of a photography side of things, mm-hmm. and we're going to have uh, a privately guided sort of yeah. things where I can kind of privately guide people, and then we're going to have a um, an area where you can just basically book directly through, do your own thing. Yeah. We'll basically be just the consultant. Yeah. And like so, tailor make. Yeah, tailor make. So, so you're basically straight out competition to us. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. No, because, <laughs> no, look, I mean, no, no, but, but here's the interesting thing. So, because we've got custom tours. Mm. We've got the scheduled departures, yeah. and then we've got the private guiding. Mm. Yes. And I mean, depending on how you structure the business, bread and butter would be one by or the other. Yes. But Johanna and I were having an interesting conversation. God, what is today? Wednesday. Yeah. On Sunday night, him and I are going to start a cigar club. So if you're into that, yeah, once yeah. a week, whiskey cigar. We're going to do that. I'm keen. Yeah. I'm keen. That's helping. And we, we were talking about the industry as a whole, because yeah. we all face. Thank you. Thanks, we all man. face the similar challenges. We all have. The, the same issues and like even even other companies that people see as competition to us quite honestly I don't follow any of them anymore oh really because I don't care what they do no exactly no. and like I care more what you guys do because you and I have spoken there's a relationship and that's interesting and if mm. and if we can scratch each other's backs for that why not absolutely so that's, that's not a competition thing no, no. so if, if people are listening to this I can get you three clients fuck why not exactly you know what I mean it's not going to break my back because exactly. I know what I'm doing I do well exactly and, and so on and so forth so yeah that, that whole thing but you know the thing is it, like a lot of people focus on competition and it's this and that but the thing is there's enough we'll order there's enough there's enough clients to, to go around, you know. Mm. There's enough people that want to come on safari and, you know, for everyone to be able to focus on specific things and help out in specific You people. know what, I, I think, like, and from a, from a so let's take a wildest Kruger, um, wild art point of view. Say, for we are a very small team. Say, for instance, you know, for, for example, something overflows, we advertise it to a, yeah. and we can only take six people, but ten people book, mm. and we can't be like guys look we don't we don't have the space but we are very close with the company that is wild i'll get a negotiated rate for you guys and send you over to jerry and because i know the experience will be world class because you guys are a world-class company so and that's 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 how i'm kind of approaching 
my business mindset at the mm. moment. I'm not going like, oh, I don't want to talk to that person because he's in competition yeah. with me. Why don't we... The scary thing is the safari industry is that. I know. The fucking egos in this it's game. So, so it's off the hook. And that's what I... Even I the lodges. I left oh, no, it's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. I, I, I suppose you went in Madikwe, am I right, Jerry? Um, yeah, we managed lodge in Madikwe for nine years. I was in the sands before then for freelance and then a bit of Valka funded before mm. then. Wow, Valkafone, that must have been a very new reserve then. Yeah, I just started. It just, was. Just, just they were actually still built. I remember one gig I had was with a guy. What was this little guy's name? He was about this tall. Um, <laughs> Brian something. Brian Sarah? No, 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 no. No, he's coming on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Oh, now. nice. Um, and the, the thing was, they were busy building this corporate lodge. Oh, okay. And <laughs> our gig was basically to drive people from the gate to the lodge and back to come and look at it. It's like, yeah, I'm working in the safari industry. But. Um, Transport. But no, the egos in this thing is stupid. Yeah. And what, what, what a lot of companies must understand as well, and this is life, is chapter one versus chapter 17. Exactly. You guys are chapter one or two now for your business. We're in chapter 22. It doesn't matter. No. There's not a... Thing. No, exactly. But that's why, as you say, it's rather create, create relationships and connections and you can help each other out. Then, then <laughs> I'm spilling <laughs> bread all over the, over the table. The I love mm. um, then like being like, oh no, I can't talk to this person because they're my competition. It's just an ego thing. Mm. Uh, and it just ends up actually hurting everybody. Uh, and the, at the end of the day, it's also the biggest focus is bringing people to Africa to show this beautiful the continent and the wildlife and, mm. you know, have let them have the most amazing experience. That's what we all want to do at the end of the day. I think as long as we've all, everyone's got the got a similar mindset that you know, client satisfaction is kind of what you need to be driving because sure. it's, what was the stats that came out in, in COVID? Was it 12.5 or 13% of the GDP of the country comes from tourism? Mm. And if you've got people that actually really know what they're doing, you know, there's some countries out there that do uh, safaris, obviously, I won't remember I mention any names of areas. Can you want the, the, the ethics, <laughs> and yeah. that's what I would love to bring you on a podcast one mm. day because you've been in the industry a lot for a for a long time and talk about ethics in the industry yeah. and how, especially with because I saw it personally when I was guiding photographic clients oh. is how how they want you to try not to mess this too. <laughs> <laughs> how they want to push you. Into into getting that shot mm. and how get closer. Exactly. Can you make a move? Can you? And I would love to throw some ideas mm. around there and actually chat to you and, and see how you feel about that. And it's just it's mm. it's something that I, I think should be addressed because oh, so many guides like photo, uh, photographic safaris are becoming they they they're the next big thing. If not right now, they are. Sure. Um, and I think you know stuff like that needs to be addressed. I see what happens in in countries in East Africa. I see mm. what happens where there's, what, I, I saw a video of about 12 or 13 vehicles just like racing next to each other. And I don't know what sighting they were going to, uh, but it was just, I was just like, East Africa. Wow. It's very different. I mean, the, <laughs> so you guys haven't, have you done migration? No. So, I've and I've mentioned this on podcast, but we've got the camp, right? Yes. One day we must get you guys there. Mm. So you've got the Mara Triangle, the Mara River, and then National Reserve. Okay. Mara Triangle, way more controlled. I mean, really? The, hey? the, the ranges and stuff are they're on your case. That's like, good. They will come and say, I've seen them throw people out, they're, they're fine and stuff. On the other side, it's corrupt as hell. They are trying to fix it, and they have been trying to fix it for a while. Okay. Try this. So the one afternoon is about before COVID, 2018, 19. We're sitting on our side. Now, you, you don't. You're not sitting at the river, you're, you're hanging back. Because mm. you want to allow them space. Yes. Like, be so we're hanging That's back, huge. there was 11 cars on our side, which is very little, yeah. and a ranger. Mm. So he would literally, if you start going, he'd go, ah, get back. Mm. On the other side, not so much. There, there, there's cars, so if this is the river here, 
where we're sitting back. There's cars on this side and there's cars on that side. Then there's a gap in between and the wildebeest are far back with Lookout Hill behind it. Mm. The idea now they're waiting for these things to come through. Yeah. Normally there's enough pressure that they do go through. Yeah. Yes. We counted from our side 127 vehicles on the other side. I shit you not, I've got pictures of it. What? Split into two groups, right? And then, so these wildebeest, it was a big group. I mean, 10, 15,000. They slowly start coming down. I don't know what happened on that side. Someone must have turned the car on to get the aircon going or something. Mayhem, because now someone starts the car. Pandemonium. Off. It's messy. It's messy. And some people listen to this and think, well, I never want to see it. No. Well, obviously not, but anything in the world that becomes that popular or that big mm. will have it. So at least choose the side where you can manage yeah, the exactly. Exactly. We've had crossings then in the same time where it's my four vehicles. Mm. That's else. great. So yeah. it is possible. Yeah. But the ethical side, if you ever do a podcast on it, um, you must get your hun in as well. Okay, no. Your hun's very yeah. big on that, on that thing. Mm. Um, and it's true. That this, what's the worst thing? Because you, you were just in the Kruger. Mm. What's the yeah. worst thing you've seen people do? Well, see, that's the thing I was actually just about to say. because the we first people thing I've ever seen people do. Well, let me just, wait. Okay, you go, uh, you go. We'll compare notes. I know you definitely have worse stories than I do. But I was, what I was going to say was, because we were just in the Kruger, we had this amazing sighting of the white lioness, mm. um, which was obviously dream sighting, you know. But the thing is, they... Aren't they weird looking, though? Yeah, they are. They are. They're almost <laughs> ugly, but mm. they're special. You know what I mean? It's that. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's almost like you look too dirty because you're like, why do you see all the scars? Mm. The scars mm. on the face show yeah. a lot. They're a lot 100%. more prominent. Anyway, but it was, it's a special sighting, you know. No. Um, so we find them... It was actually an um, anti-poaching ranger that told us that they were on the Orpen Road, you know, mm. the road that goes between the gates there mm -hmm. uh, and then you have Ingarda on the one side and Manuelito on the other side um, and obviously you got all of these cars coming into Kruger and there's delivery trucks and there's oh, all man. of this kind of stuff so early morning we, we spent like about two two hours with the lions and we had them walking down the road it was brilliant well, we but we the, had the, like the photographic opportunity with the light was just, oh, it was no, insane no, it was no, insane awesome. sighting no, and then you got the cars in the back but then you had the cars in the background. Content so then, away, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it was kind of like, uh, I, mean, I think at some point it was like five cars or something like. Oh, we still in managed the, to get our shots. Like, yeah, oh. in the early morning. Um, but then <laughs> as they like settle down and it's reaching like half, half past seven, eight o'clock, now you've got the vehicles from the from the reserves on the sides yeah. coming to see the sighting because it's a very special sighting. Mm -hmm. And then you have the delivery trucks coming through. So you have these like, huge food no, trucks coming through and the lions are just lying there on the road. And he's just like almost driving over these lions. And I'm like, this is so bad. But at the same time, he has to come through. And the, But the lions... I like, it's the Birmingham Pride. They it's, are... They, they, luckily, they, like they... No. You know, and the good thing in Kruger is that if they're not comfortable with that, they can just move off the road and then they're fine. Mm. Uh, so, you know, I don't think the, li like, I don't think yes. the lions were bad, but... but took hurt of it or anything but it was just hectic to see all of these cars and these big delivery trucks it's coming through you know so yeah. and then Jeez, I, was, I think I think from a, from a point of view I'll get back to crazy stuff I've seen in mm. Kruger uh, but also I think of that sighting in particular and you know you've got you've got Ngala concession which mm -hmm. is you know a bit of a I don't know how, you know each of their own you know when guests have paid that amount of money because uh, they have the white lines on their concession sure. you want to show them the white lines but I mean now you've got this it's just everyone's converging on the sighting because mm. you've got vehicles coming over from Manuleti. Yeah. And you've got the Ngala guys that are not allowed to drive on the tar road. Mm. They're there. And then you've got everyone and their auntie from Kruger coming and sitting there. And you're just like, I was, you know, I suppose it's white lines. But you know, I was a client that was paying 15,000 rand per person per night. No. 
India, I mean, if I listen to what the guys, I haven't done India myself. Yeah. But the, the tiger side of it. Yeah. But that also, that I've heard where, about where it. they would literally, so they drive the short little mini things, the short little base things. Yeah. That they would literally, if you parked here, someone will push you out the way. They they'll push you they'll with push your vehicles, you. I've heard that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, at least that doesn't happen in Kruger. I'm sure it hasn't passed. But. Uh, okay, Craig, yeah. but tell your story. Some I, of the worst things oh, you've, you've I think. Seen. Uh, one of the top was okay. There was one where because I've been going to Kruger since before I could crawl, my yeah. folks, it yeah, was yeah. Bush crazy. Um, and uh, I, I, I vaguely remember this. I was four years old, and this mm. was our. You know, you know, in Kruger, you've got those hides, those lookouts. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we were there, and I was like four, and um, we were with my godmother and my mom and my dad, and we were in this nineteen. 19- 80 Datsun Safari. Yes, old it, school. They still got this car. <laughs> to this day, they still do it. My folks still Such go. A cool they car. do. Yeah. They do put foot rally in it every year. And um, so we were in this this car, and I was playing with my like little bulldozers, and this car came down. And I, I'm, I'm telling the story from like my mom's side. Yeah. I vaguely remember stuff, and they they started shooting at moms. Shoots in the Kruger National Park, and they were like, "Guys, you need to get back in your car. There's a lioness like walking down mm. uh, down the road." So like. Okay. We Joe Burgers, everybody panics. So yeah. my mom threw me through the window, like, threw me, threw me through the window, and literally, as we all got in the car, this lioness <laughs> passed, and it was like, it was like, Holy hell. it was like a scripted, yeah. And that was a story from my side, but what I've seen um, is I've seen lion sighting, you know how everyone sits behind each other in Kruger, mm. and uh, also Pride of Lions, and this guy didn't, couldn't really see what was going on, he was in a small rental, obviously. Uh, doing a bit of a budget safari and he just got out of his car and started walking in the channel that was between all the cars with his camera. Was it Chinese? A, no. <laughs> we also had a guy Jeez. during lockdown when we went to Kruger there was this one guy uh, who came in the car and he had a very like low wheel yeah, yeah. car and whatever um, and yeah, there was a leopard that was probably like 50 meters off the road or something. So yeah, it's in a fig tree in over the, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, beautiful. But it's still there, like the leopard is there. Like you can know? see the vehicles. It's yeah. close enough, man. And and our friends who were in a different car, they tell this guy, they're like, just be careful of this big rock that's right in front of you. Like, uh-huh. you can go forward and you'll see the leopard, but there's this big rock here. Just be careful that because yeah. your car is not big enough to get over. This guy, like, looks like this. He just gets out of his car, goes to the rock, moves it to the side. Yeah, the <laughs> he gets out to move the rock. Yeah, the leopard's in the... In the Did the leopard go? Uh, no, 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 just luckily, just luckily didn't see it. Ridiculous. One of my worst was Madikwe years ago. It was just we started Wild Eyes, one of my first trips as Wild Eye into Madikwe. We were staying in a lodge, we've got five um, five guests to myself, in Madikwe, private reserve. And I was, like, I can talk, but I had nothing to say at the moment. So we pull up and there's another car waiting for these lions to wake yeah. up. So normally, so we park, so we get positioning, talk about behavior, what could happen, yeah, photographic, yeah, yeah, yeah. predictive guiding. And so I'm talking to my guest, and out of the corner of my eye, catches, like, what was that? Ignore it, it's fine. Turn again, and there we get. And this guy didn't do a thing. The guests were taking blocks of ice, throwing it at the lions. What? So eventually, after like two or three times, I'm like, "What the? What the? I said, what are you doing?" And I shit you not, South African people, funny falconers, yeah, says no. If you throw ice, it melts, so you can't. You're not. You're not littering. But you're throwing ice at the lions. No, 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 no. But you're not littering, so at least you're good. I literally, I, I was like, yeah, look. The logic, the logic. Where is the logic then? No, no yeah. the world, the world has gone insane. It's like, okay, the evidence is gone, so I didn't do yeah, anything yeah. to these yeah. lions. No, it's, it's fascinating. <laughs> so, I mean, we did, when we got back, I, I contacted that lodge. Was that your thing? Oh, no, 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 no
Shocking. That's crazy. It's disgusting. I, I, I've had a, I was Italian guests. I was working at Thornybush um, at the time, and uh, we had uh, this group of Italians, and we used to get them in the bus loads. You know those big groups? Oh, yeah, yeah. Traveling packs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And uh, they get like three or four vehicles years ago. <laughs> And uh, we had a, there was a, we had a, it was a beautiful sighting at, uh, at a dam called Plover Dam. There was about 30 elephants. Okay. They were swimming in this dam. It was phenomenal. And but now this herd was relatively chilled. And I parked, I positioned on the corner of the dam wall, mm-hmm. so I could get as low as I possibly could for the guests to get the shot sure, of sure. as low as they could. And um, they were, they started the some of the herd started moving towards where the vehicle was. So it was an amazing photographic okay. opportunity. And this one guest moves and his glasses fall off. I don't see this. On, you're one of your on my vehicle, yeah. yeah. And his, uh, his glasses fall off. And I don't know, I don't see what's going on, but my tracker's watching. And my tracker just goes, yee! <laughs> you know, like, and yeah, yeah. it's like, it's jumped off the car. You should think. He's there, he's between, the elephant's probably from me to that glass on the other table. Uh-huh. And like five meters, and he's picking up his glass, dusting it off, and my tracker's performing. I'm like, what's going on? Nah. It was disastrous. Fortunately, the elephant's didn't actually notice they were so busy with each other yeah but yeah that was that was also quite a quite an intense one i suppose when you've got eight people on a vehicle it's difficult to manage because you're talking to this front row and then yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we actually something way back in we we did in Medikwe, one of the lodges i was at we did uh, part of the rovers rail yeah these people would cut yes, past yes, and yes. then they would and now these people are between 80 and biltong right they're, they're pretty old <laughs> and they would and i remember this was this one guy I was driving and he was sitting next to me, but he's also his old German chap. Because yeah. the Germans liked the Rovers Rail thing, and so it's all good. So they would come for two day safari, get in the train and carry on. Yes. And he was sitting next to me. Obviously he was there for the train, not for the safari. Uh, didn't give a shit. He was just like over life. And also stop at one stage and I was doing my guiding thing like this is Zizifus Micronata, yeah. the hook thorn, blah 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 blah. And so I get out to pick a thing to pick. As I turn off, the doors open, he's walking there. <laughs> so I'm like, whatever. I should remember his name. I'm like, what are you doing? I need to go piss. And he's fucking, off he goes. He's gone. I'm like, dude, you, you. The, the understanding, I think, of a lot of international people coming to Africa for safari, I think they miss it sometimes. And it's those people, and this morning I was speaking to Julia and, um, and Tanya on the podcast about expectations. Yeah. And those people, they need to manage the expectation before they get there. Yeah, that's, like, that's, it. that's the first that thing they ask people when they... Because I think that's a big thing for, for companies like, like ours that that you ask people, okay, what, what do you want out of your safari? Because people are like, okay, I want to go on safari, how does it work? And, mm-hmm. and they don't know, and I know you, you did a podcast on that the other day, which is great. Because um, people have no idea how it works, mm-hmm. which is understandable, and that's why we're here to help them. So that is literally like the first thing we ask people. Okay, what's your... your I thought I was making a mess. Good catch, though. (laughs) (laughs) These breadsticks at Loop are quite nice. Yeah, they are. Thanks, thanks. Um, Cheers. So then, that's the first thing you need to ask people. Like, what's your expectations on, like, do you want luxury or do you Mm. want budget or more rustic safari? Is your priority to see as many animals as possible or do you want to enjoy being out Mm. in the wilderness? Like, what is it it that you want? Mm. And are you willing to pay for the crazy luxury lodges because you get what you pay for exactly yeah. or are you more focused on just the experience and want mm. to you know go budget whatever and that's the thing you get what you pay mm. for and like we're talking about Kruger for example that is probably the cheapest option and then you do get lion sightings with these the big trucks as long as you you're know. aware of it and you're okay with it beforehand don't exactly. bitch and complain afterwards exactly. yeah, but it's, it's kind of a case of you get what you pay for 
and yeah. that, that's that, that's what it is. And if you're paying a thousand five hundred rand per night, and you have a sighting of a pride lines on the road, surrounded by twenty vehicles. That's, mm. that, that's what you paid. Yeah. I also don't think people realize how expensive safari is. Like we were talking about the exact same this morning. Mm. Yeah. People are like, oh, does it cost that much? They don't understand. Yes, because <coughs> you get, there's there's so much around it. It's mm. not just going to a hotel. Yeah. Look at all the hidden fees. Exactly. It's a completely fees, different... Community fees, yeah. this levy, bed levy. East Africa, it's mm. park fees are immense. No, you're looking at $90 a day. Yeah, it's crazy. Some of the premium parks. And some of your experiences are what, seven days, eight days, sometimes longer. It's a big chunk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a lot of money. No, it's uh, and the, the scary thing as well is when you to when people approach you for a safari. So far, so good. So far, so, so, far, good. so good. I think give us like what is the time now? Give us like twenty minutes or so, then we'll order something as well. Oh, we'll good. just keep going. Cool. Thank, Thank you. you. Have another one of those. Please. Okay. Thank you. Is people come to you for safari and it's exactly that they don't know what it is, mm. and when when someone says to you, uh, mentioned this morning, can I I want to go to Kenya the Masai Mara for five days but I want to do a day trip to Cape Town oh, my <laughs> okay now we need to have a conversation but then you ask them what is your budget and a lot of people are scared to give it to you yeah and you explain to them listen I, it's not a target for me no. no if you say to me you've got $10,000 or $50,000 the things I'm going to present you is very different yeah but I can't tell you okay cool then you're going to waste my time and my people's time by putting together something that you're not going to pay for Exactly. Yeah. So if you come up front, it's going to be, you're going to get your answer faster, mm. it's going to match your expectations, and you can get there soon. Exactly. And then Correct. most of the time, you might actually be saving money because you're like, okay, my budget is this, mm. but then you present them with an option, okay, then you can afford doing this and this and this. And they're like, oh, I don't really need that um, yeah. drinks package, for example. Okay, then you go to a lodge where you mm. don't get a drinks package, and you get the perfect experience. <laughs> to people for listen, you. take the drink package. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> worth it. <laughs> Absolutely. But you South know Africans. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. South Africans are 100% every time. But, but you know what I mean, like you can actually, because that's the thing, you need to give, you need to be like, okay, what kind of price range are we talking about? What can I offer you? Yeah. And then I'll explain what that, like what's the included yeah. in that, what you get in that experience. And then you can say if that is something that you mm. feel is, is what you're looking yeah. for or not. I mean, from a business point of view, people need to trust you to have the conversation. Mm. Exactly. exactly. And, and, and your, especially in East Africa, there's some guys out there, they'll offer a, a six night Mara experience for one and a half thousand dollars. But then you read in, then park fees aren't included, meals aren't included, your guides aren't included, your cars aren't included. Oh, my but that's so what you get that, Is that just for accommodation? At like a little that's place. just for your base accommodation. That's yeah. not you getting to the park, because then you have to you gotta get yeah. your own guide and stuff. You said you want to get more some breadsticks? Sure, the breadsticks are divine, and, and Coke Zero. And the Coke Thank you. Okay, thank you. But, and it's that, it's honesty and advertising, yeah. but when people trust you, then you can have that conversation. Yeah. Exactly. And you can say to them, listen, John, you, this is not enough. If you can give me another thousand dollars, then I can do this for you. Otherwise, let's have the conversation. Exactly. But if they think you just have to rip them off, which unfortunately there is something like that in the industry, mm -hmm. that's the problem. Um, that's the thing. It's not like they tell us, okay, this is my budget, and then you're like, okay, cool. Then I'm gonna take all of that. Like you, your safari is yeah. actually just costing this much, but I'm gonna take the rest for myself. Yeah, like, that's not how it works. I'll double it as a as an admin fee yeah. line item. No, exactly. <laughs> the big thing I think, like what I'm starting to do with, because I've gotten February's actually been really good. I think. Um, from, from the business side of things and I've, I've kind of encouraged my guests like hey let's jump onto a zoom call and I'll chat you through everything let's sit for half an hour and I'll tell you exactly what's going yep. on and I'm finding guests are really or clients are really appreciative of that you know that's that's half an hour to an hour of more time that you're putting in to yep. uh, extra um, mm. to actually see that and then they get to see you kind of and they, 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 yep. it builds a bit of a relationship yeah, yeah. Mm. 
It's uh, the, the Zoom thing is often oh, that's a big one. Wow. Um, the um, <laughs> the the big thing with that is is we often say to people if you and this is where I mean this is where social media is interesting because since the beginning when we started we never paid anything for marketing it was just organic reach okay. like, uh, content and value and stuff like that so people came to us and it's also they start knowing you online but then I say to people okay if you're going to book a safari ask who's going to be your guide at the lodge you go to if you're not going to use us if you're going to go to Mala Mala say that you want Yako yeah. and can you speak to Yako if that lodge says no or the company says no mm-hmm. start wondering about it yeah. true because you're going to spend between 8 and 12 hours per day with this person. With Jakob. Yeah. Jakob's yeah. a good actor. Exactly. He's a good okay. photographer. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, the, but that's the thing. Is I think, you know, that's, Ooh, that's what I would try. That's also from our business side of things is try is to kind of go, all right, cool. So I'm going to do work with this lodge in particular. Mm. I think this is a good fit for you. Why I say so is I work there personally. I know a guy that is still actually working there. Mm-hmm. Let's see if we can make this happen. Yeah. And you, you try link it up because no, sure. this person starts to see, ah, yeah, they might be, they might get along very, very well with that person, yeah. just like you said. What's been the biggest challenge starting your company? Um, Taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk. End of fair, provisional tax. <laughs> Shit. Uh, no, we got away from that one. Our business has just got registered, yeah. so our accountant said, nah, no, you've got to wait that is year. the biggest thing that stresses me out. I'm like, I don't want to do this wrong. Like, I, I'm sure we'll be fine with everything else, but I'm like... Yeah, so I was with a big fan, eh? Taxes? <laughs> no, because it's, it's also the complicated thing for me is that... Because obviously my... Are they starting the music? Yeah, they start the music. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, because for me, I obviously do the, like, my photography part of, of things is a little bit different. Wow. Is it sounding alright? Yeah, it's cool. Um, so I, I have my company, my photography company registered mm-hmm. in Sweden. So that's also, co- like, a complicated thing. Being oh, in yeah. South Africa, running it from Sweden, and, like, the taxes there, and the taxes here, and it's, like, a whole mm. mission. Um, but I don't know, otherwise, from I your think, side... I think the biggest challenge is, for me... Um, from a client point of view, I think, you know, I think day planning, actually, Meaning? is a challenge. Day planning is suddenly you get all these clients and you're like, oh, no, no, this will be fine. And then you start thinking, you're like, wow, in two weeks I've got this client coming out. Okay, I planned everything, but it's not in my diary. Because I mean, mm. I'm a person that loves to follow up with people. Sure. Like, are, you, are you excited for your, your trip to Thornybush? Uh-huh. Or are you excited for your trip to Masai Mara? And um, I like to do that. It creates that little personal touch, if you mm-hmm. know what I mean. Just make sure everything's okay. Uh, everything's okay. You know, if you're out in South Africa, is everything fine? And then, like, suddenly I'm, I'm so busy with a new client that I'm like, oh, wow. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Whoever, I haven't yeah. contacted them. Maybe they think I've ghosted them. I need to just reassure them. But you also, fine. you funny, like we, we had a chat this morning because you also, Craig is very much like, as soon as something happens, he needs to do it right there. Like an email comes job. through and he needs to answer it right now. I hear you. Otherwise, I've got to forget about it. And he's like, he mm. needs to do it right now. And I was like, Craig, you need to calm down and he needs to write a to do list so that you know that you'll remember all these things. Because otherwise, you're going to bring yourself out of You're going to, like, as soon as, even if you. I've never had a diary in my whole life. <laughs> no, except when I was in school. <laughs> 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 get those little diaries. And uh, yeah, so mm. I've got a diary now and I obviously been. Funny, I've been looking at, I mean, from a personal point of view, and look, in the beginning it's all that because then suddenly you, you get things in order, but then it's not scaling and it gets that same point. It scales and you get yes, the same point. And, and I mean, that's where, I mean, once you start getting more staff and it helps, yeah. but also for my other business, I've automated as much as I can. Yeah. Okay. Everything's digital, everything's linked. So if someone makes a booking, it puts it in the calendar, it puts it in Evernote, da 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 everything's done. Is that the um, life coaching that mm. she does that? Okay, cool. So, awesome. and now, so my diary, because I have to sort it out for that, mm. 
It's only made me relook my wildlife side as well. So everything yeah. is now one diary, different. It's by my mood. You don't yeah. do that. Suddenly you, you're sitting at a coffee shop in, in Northcliffe and you realize you have to be at design quarter in two minutes. Oh shit. Yeah. That's a bit of a problem. Yeah, um, yeah so I'm. Um, yeah, that was that was quite 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 stressful because you know I've lived ten years where after my studies and everything like that in the industry where mm. your day's planned, right? Oh, yeah. And you it's know? it's about managing yourself. You need to learn to like okay now you don't have a manager that is telling you or a boss or like owner or whatever that's telling you this and this and this needs to be done in one day. It's yourself that needs to plan and say like this is what I need to get done this day. Mm -hmm. And you you might not see the results of it right away because you're not or you're not making money for every single yeah. thing that you're doing. But it's building towards when you actually get that. It's a long game. It's in, in the. Got to play the long game. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's the one thing you're not going to miss about lodge life? Oh, just one thing. Just one thing. <laughs> oh, open floor. Go for it. <laughs> I don't know. I think I was struggling more than Craig was. Your fake smiles, eh? Yeah. Oh, the fake smiles. Yeah. I must be honest. You know, in, you, I think when when guests you you're, you're sitting here grueling after your into your fifth and sixth week. And you get these guests, and obviously you, you, you perform like you know, usually perform. You you basically you're just in the motions. You, you're presenting your knowledge as a guide, fine. And people, and the, the comment that gets to you the most is, Craig, you have the best job in the world. And you know that 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 cycle has been rough because you've had a fallout with your manager. You've done this. You've got nothing's a, funny anymore. And no. nothing, nothing is just. And I'm just like, yeah, my life's great. People yeah. think that guests have this idea just because they come there as guests, they think that that's our life. Like but it's, it's so different. Mm. And, and that's the thing, I got the same thing on social media all the time, and from guests as well. They're like, oh, you have the most amazing job, you live the most amazing life, you see wildlife every day. I'm like, no, no, no I'm a friend of ours. I'm at the lodge. I was literally, there was times where I wouldn't leave the lodge mm. for six weeks, which is like, it's a two kilometer radius that I'm in yeah. for six weeks. And yes, that view of the river is beautiful at times. But when you've been there for six weeks and that's the only thing you've been seeing, and yeah. I think this will also be a, a, a topic we talk on our podcast is you know relationships in the industry. And I mean, we've got three, four years of it, and um, you know how straining it can be on you. Yeah. Uh, it's just you know you're working together, you're living together, you're going on leave together. It it can get tough, and I think that's something I would love to touch on and talk about. Mm. Just talk and maybe bring another couple onto the podcast sure. as well and talk about the. Maybe a couple that might be in the industry mm. and uh, talk about how yeah. you know you're not you're not alone. Mm. This is this is how it works and it, it is strange. It's also, what's very interesting about that is I was speaking to a therapist a couple of weeks ago about COVID and the effect on mental health worldwide. And one of the most difficult things because when 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 it was first China Wuhan all that when yeah. China came out of their first lockdown, yeah. their divorce rate spiked by something like seventy two percent. Everyone's like, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> yeah. but, but what's happened now is with, with lockdown around the world, people are having to suddenly work and live together. Yeah. And the problem, and it's very, and we spoke about this, it's very, Barry's actually going to come on a podcast, on my, my new podcast, okay. to talk about all these things. But there's a sense of entanglement that happens when you work together at Lodge yes. and what happened in the world. Because if normal life for most, not Lodge people, but Normally, morning honey, how's it going? Here's your coffee. I kiss you. I go to work, you go. And you have different personas. Yeah. I've got my, I'm always who I am, but at work, I have a certain thing, and so on and so forth. Now, suddenly, all of that was forced together for eight weeks, minimum in the same place. And what people are struggling with around the world right now, relationship-wise, which is very similar to what you're saying, 
is the disentanglement of yeah. the three people in the relationship. You, me, and us. Yeah. It's a huge thing. And, and the, the Lodge work is exactly that. We called it, uh, we used to call it uh, church and state. Yeah. Uh, so, like, state is work and church is the relationship. Because mm. also, I think at the previous lodge we were at when we were working in Ponybush, our jobs were a little bit more separate because it was a bigger lodge. And, yeah, it was, uh, it was quite a, it was a 40 sleeper. Yeah, so, so you, the front of house team did their mm. thing and the guys did their team. So, we didn't work much together then. It was more like we saw each other at work, but you know. Yeah. Um, but now, or not now, but at, uh, at the previous lodge, uh, before we left now, uh, we were also management. So, then you're also so much more in, like, entangled with each other, and they would, you know, it's, it's, and you would have to tell each other that this you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong. From a job point of view, you've got your you've got your side that you're managing. She's got her side that she's managing, and sometimes it you know Very clashes, often. and you yeah. have to have a fight, an argument. Yeah, and then tomorrow you sit in the car for five hours going home. Yeah. Exactly. And I would have to shout at you, stay and, out of the and, kitchen. And you know what, you want to be excited when you leave. You want to be excited yeah. that you're going away for 14 days. Yeah. And uh, you're kind of like, well, this sucks. But I'm I, think, so I think it's Eros Ramazotti, actually. Yeah. I shouldn't know that, but I think it is. Anyway. Yeah, so that's, but it's also like when it comes to the lodge industry, what I'm... Because that was... What, what, that is what it comes down to with the relationship as well is that you always take the back seat mm. so like every day at the lodge you it's for some people they love doing this and they love helping people in this in their blood for me it became very difficult eventually where it's like i need to put my own human needs mm. to the side and our relationship to the side because the lodge comes, comes first and, it, and the job comes first which is how the industry works um but when it's constant when you're living there and you're working such long, long yeah. periods of time, it becomes so difficult where you literally can't run to the bathroom before your guests have finished the sentence because you're talking to them. Like, you can't eat before the guests have eaten. You can't That's work out whenever you want. Like, it's, you know... It's, a, it's an industry thing and I think we won't be in this industry if we weren't that way inclined. One of the things I always say to our new guys when they start here is you come first. Yeah. End of story. The client is not always right no. in hospitality. At lodges, though, you can't act that because the lodge is the brand and you're just like someone who works for them. Exactly. And you have to work. But the client is not always right. You're a, yeah. you're a, you're a coffee machine. That's yeah. what you are. Yeah. Because if they don't like what you say, I'm going to go to the owner or the yeah. Yeah. whoever. Day, the I'm going to put a bad trip advisor thing like that. Exactly. And as, as much as you say, or your, your managers have blessed them, I've had some amazing managers in my time, and they'll tell you you're not replaceable. You say bullshit. Even you are a place. 100%. And it, it, you, you screw up enough. You've, and, it's, and it's, as you say, it's not anyone's fault, like, you know, it's from the people you work, you work with or anything. It's just it's yeah. just how the industry works. And, and you put you put so much effort in and you work so hard to make the guests' experience phenomenal. Yeah. But then at the end of the day, you're actually not gaining anything from smiling that extra much. And, mm. and, and you know, and putting yourself second. Because at oh. the end of the day, your salary is the same. Yeah. Um, but... The lodge it gains a lot, and you working so hard for someone else. I think that's why we, you know, started our own company. To more like mm. the harder I work now, the more it will benefit me. Yeah. While there, you work really, really hard, it, but it doesn't benefit it's you. It's upside downside. Yeah. yeah. It's everything has a cost, and I think. And look, there are some people who go career lodge. They would build for like, it's going to be it. guiding when they're seventy six. You do you. That's cool. Okay, enjoy. If it works for you, 100%. but at some stage, the majority of people in lodges reaches a point where the cost mm. of yeah, yeah. lifestyle and what they feel and everything is just not worth it anymore. As you say, the lifestyle is is and very the six weeks on, two weeks off, or three week, one yes. week. Some people do. Um, for me, for example. 
what I realized was I was like, I'm not able to go back to Sweden enough and spend time with my, my friends and family sure. back home because those two weeks are way too short for that. Mm. So that's also why like, I was like, I want to work for myself where I can work from Sweden as well mm. and spend longer periods of times there yep. you know, to be able to incorporate that in my life. Even if I've moved from Sweden, I still want to see my family, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. In the lodging industry, you give up so much because you live on site for six weeks and that is your life. Yeah. And let's be honest, I mean, I mean, as a guy, you should be able to confirm this or agree or not. But you miss birthdays, families, Christmas, New yeah. Year's. Weddings. And initially it's all good because, oh shit, there's an elephant in line, you roared last night, da, da, da. Seven, eight years in, and I'm not being blasé to what we get to do at all. But it gets to a point where that isn't as magical and as unique as life, life moments. Versus having Christmas with my family. Exactly. And that becomes interesting. Exactly. And to me, I mean, for us, we reached the point in our return. It's like, okay, yeah. just one day, you know, because things people take for granted is on a Sunday morning going to a restaurant and having a breakfast. Exactly. Driving in the old days to go buy a newspaper and a croissant coming back. Mm. Phoning mom saying, hey, can I come and visit? It's a small We don't moment. have that in the industry. Yeah. I think life moments, you know, it's those, like you said, for the first, for me, 10 years, because this is where I went and I was like, Right, right now, me and Carolina with our, our new journey. Mm. But it was that it was that time. I could feel it was that time where I was, you know, when you're 21 years old, you're like, ah, it's cool. I'm missing the Sox 21st. I'm missing that. Yeah, uh, whatever. 21st. I'm, I'm gonna get drunk next time life. I see him anyway. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. I'm living my best life. I'm guiding people. I'm earning good gratuities. Life's good. Um, but then, like you said, as you mature and as you get older, those life moments mean a lot more to you. And you actually start on certain days, like Christmases, uh, birthdays, you start to feel a little bit emotional that you're not there. Because, and then you pick up the phone and you're talking talking to your mom or your brother and you can hear the, the big party that's going on in the back. And you're, like, and you're getting ready for your 3.30 game drive. Exactly. That's the thing, I, I realized, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, I get so many people messaging me on Instagram. Uh, and they're like, how can I do this as a job? How, like, what do I need to study? What, what do I need to do? And which is just, it's not how it works. <laughs> you don't go to university and uh -huh. get a job like this. And I, but they're like, I'm gonna move to Africa. How can I do the same thing that you did? And I'm like, it's. And they say I live the dream life and so on. And I think I'm definitely creating my own dream, especially now with our companies. Yeah. Like I am creating my own dream life. But what people need to realize is that my dream life might not be the same as your dream life. And just because my, what looks on Instagram where it's like because you know wildlife Instagram's the highlight reel it's the highlight that's the thing and people don't see the birthdays and um, uh -huh. Christmases that I miss with my family and you know the amount of time that I'm not spending with them and what I've had to give up to be able to get here and I'm like they need to realize from themselves what the does their dream life look like and then create that for themselves and be like, well, what am I willing to give up yeah. to do these or these things? And, and when push comes to shove, people don't. That's the thing, when push, push comes to shove, they're not actually not like, no, no maybe it's not worth it. Oh, I thought I thought it wasn't really like that. Oh, mm. really? Oh, do you work 18 hours a day when you work at a lodging? Oh, I didn't think it was like that. I, I thought you were chilling at the pool half the time. Actually, <laughs> I think, you know, COVID, we talk about the negative impacts of COVID and how it was debaucherous for the industry but it was one of the best things that ever happened to mine and Carolina's relationship and our mindset going forward like I think what, what really pushed me 
to actually explore new things was when I studied life coaching because that's yep. when I studied it. In, oh, during uh, lockdown. During lockdown. That was okay. it because we were like, well, what are we going to do? Are we going to sit and watch Netflix all day? Because we were working half days, we were working 8 to 12. And Which is great, by the way. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, on a, on a, on a, and then we were chilling at the pool half well, the time. What was, well, we had 7,000 hectares of traverse. Yeah, yeah. We went to social media drives. Social media drives. It was great. It was fantastic. But sometimes that also novelty wore off after that, after how many weeks was it originally? We were, we were stuck at the lodge. Oh, that was like four or five months. Yeah. But we did, we were stuck at the lodge for three months, I think, without leaving the lodge. And that's where we did the bulk of our studying. And I think that's where, you know, obviously doing doing the various life coaching modules and I was, I was like this is I'm actually enjoying this this is cool yeah and yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like you know what there's more to there's more to my life than just just guiding and managing and being in this in this, yeah. this industry I can still be in this industry mm. but I can do other stuff I think yeah. we both realized yeah. we both realized what we actually like enjoy because you know when you're in the lodge like and you just keep going keep going we you know you're at one lodge and then eventually you're like okay let's move to the next one and whatever um and you just keep going in the industry and you just things just roll on when the lockdown happened all of a sudden we had all this time to kind of think about life and like where where are we going what do we enjoy and i realized when we started getting guests again because i've i've started in the lodge industry basically just because of craig and being in South Africa. Was it cocky fever? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> it's my fault. It's, it's well, of course, it's the uniform's fault. Yeah, man. But you know, the front, the front of house thing was never supposed to be my career. That was always just like a something that I'm doing until I figure Means out to the an next. End. Yeah. Um, and then, fortunately, it made it possible for me to do photography, being in the bush, and, sure. and I'm very thankful for that. But then I realized after lockdown, when I had, because I studied photography during lockdown and focused a lot on that and growing my Instagram and all that kind of stuff, that's what I dove into. And when we started getting guests again, everybody was like, I'm so excited to have guests again, this is great. And I was just like, no. Uh, yeah, no thanks. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not too happy <laughs> Can we go back to eight to twelve? This isn't great. Bring back level five. Because <laughs> yeah. I realized, okay, maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. And maybe yeah. I need to look at other alternatives. And, and that way, lockdown was great for us that we figured that out. Yeah, uh, yeah again, just a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Absolutely. I think a lot of people might have seen it like that because for the first time, and, and the industry is bad because in the lodge, 18 hours, you wake up, you go, you wake up, you go. And um, it's, it Very never stops. Time to shower sometimes. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you don't stop. So suddenly you're forced to look at life. Exactly. Like, okay, do I want? And then, as the subtle reminder to the whole global population, we're all going to die. We could all die from COVID tomorrow. Yeah. Fuck, what am I going to do with my life? Mm-hmm. And suddenly it's like, ah, oh, okay, I wanted to study this, I wanted to do that, I wanted to travel. There's a thing in the US now, revenge travel, which is like a hashtag. Revenge travel? I was speaking to a client a couple of weeks ago about Iceland. Yeah. And she said to me, though, this is her first revenge travel. What's a revenge And it's almost like a movement. It's like we're taking revenge on COVID. Go look for hashtag revenge travel on Instagram. Okay. It's an American thing, and people are revenging on COVID. Like, screw you, I'm going to travel again. Okay. And it's also, and we, we, we're fighting a lot of new inquiries from people who have never thought about safari. Excuse me, that's safari. Mm. Because now it's like, okay, I could have died in COVID. Auntie Betty died because she was very fat and overweight. <laughs> but people are dying around me. Let me look at life. Exactly. Yeah. I want to go see that wild. They say I want to go see that wild. They're actually yeah. saying that that this twenties that we are like the the century of is it a century when it's ten? No, it's 
no, centuries, hundred. Hundred, yeah. Decade, decade. decade. There we go. Uh, <laughs> the decade of, of the 2020, you know, uh, is going to be very similar to the 20s in 1920 mm. because of the war and stuff ended and they all were like, okay, you know, this is this was horrible and uh, we couldn't do anything. Everybody was poor and whatever. And then now you're in the, twi- in the, was the 20s. Yeah. Um, decade and they were like okay let's go party let's and it was the craziest decade apparently and, you know all the stories and they're saying this is going to be very similar to mm-hmm. that because of the being locked down for, for a couple of years with global pandemic and everything everybody's going to want to like the travel is going to be booming restaurants mm. are going to be booming people are going to want to party people are going to want to get out there because we were locked down and yeah. it's so, interesting yeah. because i mean on that the and, and social media drives all the stuff the only problem is or not, not the problem, the challenge, it was there as well, but with social media, it's more, is there's two things. There's all this entitlement, which is a whole different discussion. We need whiskey for that. Yeah. But also, once someone has power, they don't want to give it back. Mm. So now all these world leaders had power. They could do whatever. They could have told us, you're going to wash your car every Thursday at 2 o'clock, and we yeah. would, because it saves COVID. Mm-hmm. So now there's these power struggles going on. Yeah. That's an interesting dynamic. Definitely. Especially I mean, Putin's going that, into Ukraine. Yeah, he's got yes. 10,000 extra troops. It's just water. amazing. It's a bit scary, um, oh. I must say. From a Swedish point of view, it's definitely Yeah, they're a bit yeah, worried. Right. They're a bit worried there in Sweden. But as you say, because that's a whole discussion now with the vaccines and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, who yeah. are you going to force to take the vaccine or not? And, and where does the power, as you say, the power end? How much when when someone has power, they don't want to get back. Exactly. There was, there was this, I mean, and there's, there's a couple of, there's, people who believe that the whole world has kind of gone into a very hypnotized state okay. and call it mass psychosis fuel sure, and there's sure. different theories but for example you would and it's the same with the holocaust so what do you do to put a group in that first you isolate them which we would stay in your house then you take away daily things that they normally had gym shops restaurants then you spread you take free-floating anxiety and you just punch it up a bit. Media. Like, and there's a counter-running of all the deaths and stuff, so we get pumped with this. And then you offer a singular solution. Vaccine. But it's yeah. not a solution. The vaccine's not a solution. No, it's just a way of... But, yeah, but yeah, by yeah. that, by, by those steps, the worldwide population is like, fuck. And they believe that the hypnotic state that we've all been in, only in the last six months, people have started coming out of it. But also, the leaders also are like this. Yeah. That's very interesting. Mind it's bizarre. It's no, I think I think the next coming years we're gonna see some interesting stuff. You yeah. know, in seeing the effects that COVID have had on the world. Um, you know, we were talking about Sweden, and, and in Sweden they haven't. You know, they locked down anything. They mm. they not wearing masks. They they literally like kept on going. I think the restaurants were kind of closing earlier, and you weren't allowed to go to the theater. Like that was about it. Yeah. Um, which we are like, oh, that's amazing. But when I talk to my friends back in Sweden, they are like, oh, it was horrible. Yeah. And we need to get out of this lockdown. I'm like, what lockdown? Did you guys? Yeah. yeah. But. I enjoyed lockdown, the, the, the curfew for a while. Because yeah. you could go out to mates. And then you like, and it's like, oh, sorry guys, 9 o'clock, I've got to get going. <laughs> yeah. no I want you to sit there until once. <laughs> exactly, just wanting to go home. But that's the thing. So, but the interesting thing with Sweden now is seeing, because they did so differently from the rest of the world, is seeing how is that going to affect a country long term. Uh, com- like lockdowns compared to keeping it open. Right now, it's looking great in Sweden. It seems like they did like, the great thing. But I think mm. like we're only going to be able to tell that in 10 years yeah. from now, what was actually the right you choice and what worked best. The, the, the children of today, or, or when they read the history books, or they look on Google, whatever, <laughs> 20 years from now, are they going to look back and think, yo, they managed that pretty well, or holy shit, no. they fucked that up? Yeah, I it's think gonna so. be interesting, because you don't know. So. No, you, you don't know right now. Yeah. I mean, you can't read the label from inside the bottle. Yeah, all exactly. in the bottle. Yeah. Like, 
And it's yeah, also children growing up today, like what what effects are it gonna have on them not going to school for so long or like preschool, I mean, whatever it is, you know. A three year old kid today has lived his whole life with a mask. Yeah. Yeah. Whole life. That is crazy. I mean and not not but exactly this, we're going on a strange thing here. Yeah. But <laughs> But if you look at facial expressions, there's seven major expressions and emotions that we show with our face. Yeah. These kids haven't learned that skill. That's insane. So now suddenly they've, they've seen people with masks, they haven't learned that emotional um, vocabulary, if you will, yeah. to what, what's going to happen now? That's interesting. It's bizarre. Yeah. And you're not pissed off with masks, you can't face ID immediately. That is, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is but the most annoying thing. There was a hack, I saw it on TikTok. Is there an Instagram? There's a hack. What do you do? There's a hack, you do it half and half. YouTube it. You, so what you, you, you like when you do so the you thing? Do, you when you when you when you set on and yeah. then oh, you do it so so it recognizes so you do like one of these. Oh my god! Okay. Yeah, and then you got to put it off on. I don't know. I tried it. Didn't work. Did it not work? Yeah, but I don't know. Uh, it yeah. worked on TikTok. Know, you know, you know, you get those fees that are like light hacks. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Two tricks you didn't know on the iPhone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, you both on TikTok? I've seen no, you on TikTok. I'm not on TikTok. No, I'm just Instagram. I've told Craig to get on there. She's hacking me and hedging me hard because. But the wonderful thing on TikTok is that you reach out to strangers and when strangers, when they comment on stuff that you make, if they comment in a positive way, I'm like, okay, they must really mean it because on Instagram, a lot of the time, I'm, I know that a lot of people just comment so that you will comment back. Mm. Um, and you Hashtag know, follow follow. It, yeah, it's one of those <laughs> things. Uh, while, on, while on TikTok, I'm like, this must be genuine because it's not just, you just don't, you don't just comment so that someone will comment back. Yeah. And you also get people there who are like, follow me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you have to ask Getting me, a lot of that. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> like, hey, uh, I really love your stuff. Yeah. Like, can you please follow me? And I'm like, if, uh, I, if no. you have to ask me, then, yeah. you know. Yeah. Sorry, I don't, I don't necessarily. You're not even a wildlife photographer. You take mm. pictures of chairs. Like, that's not. I'm not a. That's well, not like appealing people, to me. People post their families and stuff, and I'm like, oh. I don't know your family. Oh, this, this like, somebody, I, the best one was I got this morning. It was like, hi, I really love your stuff. Please follow me. And they have two posts. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Why? One's like I a like selfie it. with a half face. Yes. And one's a fucking cat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, know, I don't care about your cat. I'm like, what value are you bringing? I'm sure he's very nice, but no. I like to interact with people on Instagram. Like stuff that people that are actually genuinely like their stuff. I follow them absolutely. I like to interact with their stuff. They, it's reciprocated. So it's nice, and you kind of boost each other. You're like, oh, thanks. It's such a funny thing. I went through. Also at the end of lockdown, we went through and I cleared up like my, the people I follow. Yes. We went from three and a half thousand down to five hundred. Yeah. And the amount of messages from people I had no idea I was following, it's over time. I mean, a client, a waiter, whatever. Why did you unfollow me? Well, number one, you haven't posted since March 2017, yes, number exactly. one. And why do you care? Yeah, exactly. No, you get, you get that all the time. Like, I also had someone, like, it was a photographer and whatever, and I just stopped unfollowing because sometimes you're like, you know what, this is not really my vibe anymore. Like, I don't really feel like mm. following you. So that happens. And then if people don't follow me, I'm like, if you don't like my stuff, great, please don't follow me because yeah. I'd rather want that than you, like, not enjoying what I'm doing. So, yesterday, then, sorry, sorry. Then, yeah, and that photographer also messaged me, like, why do you not follow me? What did I do wrong? What, like, please, please tell me, what did I do wrong? And I'm like, can you not just 
Oh, there's an easy answer block. Whatever, man. No, I think we so we we were both on that community. I think we we were both because you skyrocketed, and when it was the initial phase, we had that little group. We had a little on Instagram, but this is years ago. Yeah, and it was all about like helping each other. It was great, you know, for the initial stages. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, some people. Kind of stayed where they were yeah. in photography. Some people grew, some people studied, uh, some people embraced different things. And then I got this message a couple of days back, like, "Oh, we need to get this group back up and get. running and grouped together, and we need to try work towards." We've got time for that. I'm like, guys, come on! Like, no. This is, no, I don't feel I'm there anymore. No. And I've appreciated everything uh. you guys have done for me, but this has kind of run its course now. Yeah. I just, I think that. There's a lot of changes. Instagram's algorithms all over the place. Yeah. You can't bitch about it. It's a free platform, so That's deal it. with it. Mm. But if I look at engagement, I mean, I remember the beginning when Instagram was just you take a picture of your cappuccino. Yeah. That was it. And you, there was no stories, reels, none of that. And you a picture. Three hundred thousand likes. But, <laughs> yeah. And now, even in the last, maybe since November, the amount of on the same kind of content, the same, it's just done this. Yeah. yeah. Likes and stuff. And they, they are so aggressively pushing reels yeah. that valuable content, I think, gets lost 100%. right now. 100%. That's the thing. I've, I've really, like, as much as I do enjoy reels and, like, I enjoy that part of it, but that's also why I'm doing TikTok because I enjoy videos and I'm mm. more and more into my videography and, like, really think that's yeah. fun. And as much as I like the reels because of that, it's, as you say, it's taking over, it should be yeah. two separate feeds. It yeah. be like, okay, when you want to watch posts, you go to this feed. Mm. When you want to watch reels, you go to this feed. Yeah. And then you can look at them both. Yeah. Because I'm, the reason I'm on Instagram from, from the beginning is because I want to put my photography somewhere. Yeah. And I want to get feedback from my other photographers. And I want to be inspired by other photographers. Sure. And that's why, like, scrolling through Instagram, I find myself not scrolling through it as much anymore because I get annoyed with all these reels popping up. Yeah. And I'm like, I just want to see photos right now yeah. and get inspired inspired to go out and do photography mm. by all these amazing photographers that I follow yeah. and then there's just all these videos popping up and I'm like I don't want to see this right now yeah. and I think a lot of people from what I'm hearing is, are feeling Reels the same. Is, Reels is being I mean they, they came out, um, what's his name, Mazzeri came out and they said Reels, creators, um, live and then only something else with images but that's the, they've, they've gone public and said it, yeah. Yeah. there it is. Yeah. Right, but they, they, that, that is the reason I'm growing. Right. Reels, yeah. Same for I, me. I pushed reels and you had one or two that went boom. But now, what I. So, the big thing for me, my profile was how is my profile handling after my spike? Mm-hmm. So, you're like, okay, cool. And these just like people are like, wow, this is a great video. Let me just follow it. And then so there's nothing like, else going oh, yeah. on. And they're like, okay, you're still sitting on 50 likes or 100 likes in that yeah. photo. There's not enough interaction on your page. So, I've been monitoring it and it's, it, it, it seems like it's, do, it's yeah. doing well. Like, my, you my interactions have increased. Yeah, Johan had an interesting reel. God, my time all messed up with COVID, but it was it was a very average phone video of yeah. lions mating. Yeah. I mean, from here to the corner, it was just it was nothing special. Yeah, and it popped fourteen and a half million on Instagram. Fourteen and a half million. Half of India followed him, so he went from <laughs> call it twenty five to fifty thousand like in four days. Yeah. It just went bang. Yeah, and then. And then we started looking at the details and stuff, and then, then they start dropping off. Yeah. Exactly. 
and there's no engagement at, at that level. It's like that's the thing. Engagement because a lot of people come to me because because my Instagram kind of blew up, also because of reels and stuff. A lot of people come to me and they're like, "Oh, but you're doing so well. Like you blew up overnight and whatever." Which I'm like, "Okay, why not? It definitely didn't blow up overnight. Like I put like three years into this this yeah. platform, mm. but uh, and then I was lucky with a few reels that you know, then the hard work kind of paid yeah. off. But then it's also they're like, "You must be like you've made it. You you're done. You don't have to stress about the numbers anymore." And I'm like. Maybe it looks like on my Instagram, and I think the only thing that that does is that people take me more seriously because I have a big number next to my name, mm. um, and that maybe is a great thing in one way. But when it comes to the likes and comments on my posts and stuff, I, it hasn't changed that much from when I had like 10,000 followers to when I was 14. No, it doesn't change that much. What I've been looking at quite a lot is the insights on, on your profile yeah. quite a lot because since since I hit the spike, I want to just kind of see it. You know, over over two months, you can kind of over a 60-day period, you can kind of follow your yeah, insights yeah. and see it get to the graph. And I'm looking at account reach at the moment. Mm. How many accounts are on my posts over the last three months? Yeah, yeah. The reach is up. Like I think what is it? One, 1.8 million sure. per That's good. That's that, that's something that I, I'm proud of. Um, but then again, you must check that like almost weekly on that seven oh, day, yeah. and you must see and then kind of work on your still. stuff according to what people are interested yeah, in, yeah. what gets the most traction, and that's how you got to market yourself. I do think. I, I do think. Yeah, that's also like about growing and stuff maybe. But I feel what's important with Instagram is also to because that's what I come back to when when things are not doing well. Like right now, I'm in a bit of a, like a dip. You know, things yeah. are going in waves, and right Stag- now it's in, in a dip where it's going stagnant and yeah. it's not growing much and whatever. And the reels not getting that much traction that I would want them to and whatever. But what I'm focusing on then is just to keep going and be proud of the work that I'm putting out there and focus on like mm. the photography side of it. So like that's why people follow me from the first place, and that's why I started this place, this Instagram in the first place. Yeah. It's my photography, it's the posts, and that's what I want to put out there mm-hmm. that, because that's what I'm proud of. I don't want to like jump onto doing these ra- doing trains like I jump on trains anyway but I jump on trains that I feel I can do something good with mm. and that I enjoy and whatever yeah. but I don't want to just do random stuff just for likes and just for follows because then it doesn't feel good anymore you want to be proud of the stuff you're putting out most people don't understand why they're on there exactly like like I'm my, my, since I started posting a different kind of content my growth has stopped but I've monetized 500 times more than I was so, are you on there for the likes or are you on there to monetize? Because if you're on there to monetize it, and the thing is, I mean, there's going to be, I mean, Donald Trump just launched his new social media, Truth Social. Oh, really? It, yeah. And Maybe now, shut down. No, no, so he got, he got, he got, he got, he got, he got he, now, over the weekend, they launched Truth uh, Social. Oh. And the first day it tanked when people thought it joined. So, anyway, but the truth with, with, with Instagram, it is going to end one day. It will. Like social, like MySpace, and all those things. Facebook so is going down. The moment, yeah, the moment marketers start using it, which we all are, companies, businesses, bots, whatever the case is, that's that's we're over the peak. It's coming down. Yeah. yeah. So, why are you on there? If you want to monetize it, do what you need to monetize it. Forget about the number. I could probably have a thousand followers and monetize it more than someone that's has it. a million right now. That's exactly. But people don't know why they're on there. And that's the thing. Like it comes down to, as you say, if you know, if you're just there for the likes, then mm. why do you care so much? If you're there to build a lifestyle ego. and create, that's the thing. It's ego. If you're there to build, and that's what I also go back to. I'm like, okay, what do I, what do I want to do with my Instagram? I do want to monetize it. I do want to teach photography. I want to, you know, get the name of our business out there. That's why I'm there because I'm, I want to create this lifestyle for myself that, that you know, my building my dream life. Sure. And Instagram is a way of, for me to do that. 
and that's what it comes down to and that's why I'm like okay but that's why the photography is the most important mm, not mm. just doing all these random things to get likes and whatever it's it's my the quality of my photos and the value I'm putting out for yeah. my followers that's why I'm here and, and that's what people need to realize it's not about if it's just about the likes then you're doing it for well, the, the followers yeah, yeah. Like mm. people are just like they want you're not doing it for the wrong reasons maybe but you you need to stop caring so much and you need to it's all about like, what's, it. what's that word that everybody hates what a disgusting word mm. um, and but I think it was on the whole podcast. We mm-hmm. guys spoke yeah. about influence. Yeah, we did. And yeah. Um, we're talking about what, what, what classified. You can have a hundred followers, and you, if you're influencing fifty people, you're technically what they classify yeah. as And I can tell you, you're probably doing a better job than someone that's got twenty-five or thirty thousand followers. There are more. I think the, the more the more you scale the numbers behind an influencer. Yeah. The more, the, the, the less authentic they become because it's, it's they selling out to the highest bidder. Exactly. Yeah. Today I'm marketing this. Tomorrow I'm going to do the mask. Mm. Next day it's this, and the other day another mask because they're paying me more. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you kind of need to. And they, 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 yeah. they're not sticking to their niche. They're not sticking mm. to. They start yeah. off for one thing, like Carolina, for example. She's wildlife photography. Mm. Her, her, her shop. Yeah. Everything is linked yeah. to wildlife yeah. photography. I must be honest. I don't. Know, are you guys going to put out a newsletter? Part of your no, no. Are you are you guys going to put as wild as Kruger? No, we're going to put not, out a newsletter. We don't letter. have a plan on it right now. Do it. Must before, do it before okay. a podcast. Is it okay? Oh, really? Okay. Okay. What happened is when I started the coaching business. Hello. So good. Yes. Can oh. we order in like five minutes? Okay, no problem. <laughs> we're going to keep on eating. Okay. No can, can, can they not turn the music off? Just a little bit down. No, not not off off just a little bit down. Because okay. Eros Ramazzotti is very nice, but he's very loud. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. And in five minutes we'll order. Um, what were we saying? Oh, so I didn't want to go initially on my own feed because I'm the brand and just go coaching, coaching, coaching. Yeah. So I started a newsletter mm. and in which I write about coaching, about life, about some travel stuff or yeah. whatever the case is. And what I did there, the people who were interested came across. Yeah. I've got something like 400 and something subscribers to it now. Yeah. Oh, wow. Not huge, but I only I only see 12 to 15 clients at any given time. So that newsletter is my area, my space. I'm not fighting for attention. People get it directly to them. It has been unbelievable. Attraction. Huge. Awesome. I've got an open rate of between 60 and 70%. Now, if you look at marketing in the old days, yeah. if you had between a 3 and 12% open rate, you were doing well marketing-wise. Yeah. But now, because you've built a brand online, and if you guys combine it, and then mm. the company, do a newsletter once a week, once a month, yeah. people, they start waiting for it. And you so, love writing. So now, you, now you've got people who want to do a safari, who want to do coaching, whatever it yeah. is, and they're waiting for your information. Yeah. And from a, from a writing point of view, it's amazing. You have this creative going out, you're cleaning up ideas, it's... I would I would do newsletter before podcast. Okay, oh, really? perfect. Okay. Well, and it's easy to start. Go Mailchimp. It's super easy. Yeah, because I have because <laughs> yeah. I do have a newsletter for for my shop, mm. uh, and I basically started it when I was marketing like the shop opening and whatever. But then I've just honestly hasn't had I haven't had time to actually continue. Don't with mix it. it in though. Um, so Don't you think sell. I must do like a different one there. In, in so so if you if you if you sending out a newsletter, we're selling prints. That's one thing. Yeah. But then you're coming at me with an ask. Mm. Give me money. Ooh, okay. Whereas you just go and give value. And then, Tell stories. Yeah. This is it. Like the podcast idea is cool. Yeah. But just, I haven't sold once in a newsletter. 
Mm. I won't do it. No. Be the honey, let the bees come to you. It works. Yeah. And just just tell stories, tell what you're doing. Oh, and you can say, we, I've just worked with Samantha from Colorado. We're looking at a trip to Tanzania and to Zanzibar. If someone's keen, they will ask you. Yeah. yeah. It's golden. True. It's golden. No, it's sure. definitely looking at yeah. It's yeah. golden. No, I'm going yeah. to think about that. And actually, when I get back to Cape Town, I'm going to work on that. Yeah. Why are you going to Cape Town? Um, so I'm going to check it. So basically, Again, believe it or not, I've never been to I've never been to Francia in my entire life. Don't you drink <laughs> red wine? Uh, no, I do. I, I, I enjoy wine, but wine I drink box you, wine. I'm joking. And wine, wine makes you cry. Yeah, wine wine makes oh, it's an emotional drink. You're a sad drunk. Yeah, no, not a sad drunk. If I'm drinking <laughs> beer, whiskey, I'm good. But if I drink if I drink wine or gin, I cry. Gin makes you cry because you love everyone. But so. funny enough, gin. If, if if you're prone to depression, yeah, don't touch gin. Oh really? Yeah. Oh wow. Gin. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I mean, I love a gin, but it's not good for me. Oh, is it? At all. So if anything, if you have any kind of, not anxiety much, but if you're depressed or suffer from depression easily, stay away from gin. That's interesting. It, 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 it's almost like a gin comes and just pushes you further down into the dollar. Oh, my word. Wow. Yeah. Whiskey, great. Yeah, so we're going to head down to Cape Town tomorrow for three days. Yeah. We're going to be staying down at the last word, Franchuk. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty central. I'm just, gonna, I'm just going out there to check out the compatibility with the products that I'm very cool. and pushing out. Very, very cool. I miss Cape Town. So that town is... I don't know if I can Are you live from there? Cape Town? No. Okay. My grandparents were there when I was much younger. So we would... Aprils, we would go with my mom and dad Kruger okay. and all the other holidays Cape Town. Okay, Laka. But it's just the nature, the things you can do there. Because what we're doing in Joburg now, it's there's always this talk about moving to the big smoke. After you leave the lodge, you've got to come and live in the smoke. And it's like yeah, the city yeah, yeah. and all that. Oh, yeah. But even inside of Johannesburg, there are, or close to Johannesburg, there's hikes, there's these waterfalls, yeah. there's, da, 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 it's all there. Cape Town supersizes that. Yeah. But from a work point of view, I'm not so, so sure. They're not very urgent. What's it? It's the greenest city in the world. Or yeah, something. it's the biggest urban, uh, urban forest, forest sure. in the world. Mm. Yeah. That's it. That's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. You, yeah. must see, you must see photos of Joburg from the air. It is yeah. incredible. It's just very stressful. What do you guys need? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I need to go to the bathroom first. Okay. Um, and then you can use the bathroom. Yeah. Just right here. Right here. Okay. Like, yeah. Is it like a? It's not like a tapas thing. It's like a. No, it's like a meal. It's a, yeah. a burger or a pizza or whatever the case okay, might be. Cool, cool. Pretty I'm, decent. I'm looking at the Giovanni thingy. The Giovanni, panini stuffed with pepperoni, parma ham, fresh tomato. Oh, nice. That does look really nice. I might have the Worst TFC, a Tuscan fried chicken sandwich. It's like a burger. I'll have that. That does also. Yeah. And your next trip? Uh, so yeah, so the one trip, the next trip is basically the Tanzania for a month. Okay. Um, that's the next big one. When's your first hosted trip? I guess. Uh, that is in November. That's also Serengeti. Yeah, uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So that's for a week in November, which is very exciting. Mm -hmm. We are thinking about maybe because uh, I have had quite a large traction or a lot of questions about other trips and maybe doing trips in South Africa and stuff. So we are thinking about putting something together for like a workshop in South Africa mm -hmm. uh, before then, because uh, a lot of South Africans are interested. Yeah. And it's also South Africa is cheaper because uh, that's the tricky thing with Tanzania. That yeah. you know. Eastern and like Central Africa is it's expensive uh, okay. with park fees and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But so, also, I mean, yeah. the, the only South Africa. So we just confirm before I say this: South Africa. Okay, Namibia. If you want to extrapolate that far, but South Africa of the major safari destinations is the only one that charges in rands. Mm. Everything up is dollars. Yeah. So when people come into South Africa, they win because of commercial. 
exactly so that's exactly. a big deal for us as well yeah no, so that's the thing in South Africa it's also you know that's also the, the country that I've fallen in love with when it comes to Africa I haven't been to many other countries so I can't talk on that uh, hoping to now but um, that's the thing like South Africa is also that's where I know what's going on you know and that's where I feel I can bring the most value to mm. um, to the photography game because I know how the game clubs yeah. work and all that kind of stuff. Are you going to run tours into Sweden? Um, I haven't thought about it, but um, I might. Um, yeah, we'll see. Maybe one day. We are. We have said that we're going to move to Sweden one day, so then I'm definitely going to be doing workshops and stuff mm. there. Um, but I love the Fuck, I love the Arctic. Yeah, the, all of that. Yeah, because you guys are going to Iceland now soon, eh? Yes, I've got my, I've got a my, my next hosted trip is I might have a potential. I'm I'm pulling back from travel. Oh, is it? Okay. My my biggest year was 2016, 17. I think I've been 220 days in a year. Oh my word. Again, nothing's funny. It's great. Yeah. But nothing's funny. Yeah. So next year at this stage I've got 29 days only. Mm. This year I think I'm doing about 70 okay. to 80. But I'll be doing all the international stuff, Svalbard, Great Rainforest and such. Mm. So we've got a private guided trip now with a very regular client in April. Mm. And then Svalbard, come back for five days, Iceland, and then winter tomorrow season. Okay. But there's something, and I think, and this is where I find photographically is interesting. The moment, if you photograph African wildlife only for a very long time. Mm. And I saw Michael Laupshu who came with me to Iceland for the first time. He's the first guy that came out of Africa as such. Yeah. It's a bit of a mind job suddenly realizing what's out there. Mm. You learn new skills, you bring it back to photo photographing Africa. Yeah. I then go and photograph bears, I take skills from it. So that skill transfer is very interesting. Because it's a very wow. different type of photography. Like I, I just did a bit of bit of it now that I was back in Sweden. I didn't have the time because that's the thing. In, in, mm. in the, like Europe and, and I would say kind of out of Africa, yeah. you need to spend more time and effort into your photography because you need to find the animals, they're more scarce. So yeah. You can't just go on a vehicle and drive around but you in the park. That's what I want to do, definitely yeah. want to do more of that. I'm doing a bit of like more adventure photography kind of thing as well. Uh, so that's why I'm keen on with Kilimanjaro as well. Yeah. Um, but but also like, because a lot of people are like, oh, you're not going to photograph any animals or whatever. I'm like, I don't have the time because you need to like go there before sunrise and set up your like little tent or whatever, or yeah. like, go and hike miles to find these animals. Yeah, yeah. And then you spend a lot of time with them to get close enough. and it's, it's a whole different ball game mm. than just you know the safari thing. The safari yeah. thing is easy because mm. you just drive in the vehicle and yeah. the animals are used to it, and then you you know yeah. you get very close. And it's an interesting yeah. thing because what we found is, and the first one I picked this up on was Iceland. Madagascar is also one of those. From a from a teaching point of view, safari is sometimes difficult mm. because the leopards there it runs. Watch my settings now. Where yeah. something like Madagascar, these lemurs are chill. They're sitting like this water bottle. They don't give a shit. But also teaching in places like Iceland and what other landscape places? Uh, Norway, Sweden, for example. Yeah. Is you get to slow down and you get to teach more, where you build more emotional equity with your client. Yeah. They believe you more. You can tell them to Africa. If I were you, I would look at trips into Sweden. Is it? Okay. Sure. Interesting. I'll definitely see, because I'm keen to spend more time there and do more photography there. Mm. And I have quite a lot of You can cross-pollinate. Exactly. Yeah, they're, exactly. they're back. Exactly. Um, wow. And do workshops there and so on. I do, do want to spend more time in Sweden learning that, because it, it is a different ballgame. Mm. I want to learn that first. Because as you say, I think often you also, like a big thing in Sweden is, is hides when it comes to, uh, to yeah. wildlife photography. And teaching in a hide is brilliant because then you sit in one place mm. and you can like, okay, 
you know, you can predict where the animal is going to come or whatever, set yeah. your settings to this and this. While, as you say, driving in a vehicle, the change in conditions is a whole different story. Mm. Uh, and it's it's also difficult because you're in a vehicle trying mm. to like talk to these people yeah. from all sides. And, you know, More often than not, people on safari, I can kind of one hand guess that I've had in intense situations that listen to what I was saying. Mm. Like, okay, let me just see, because I'm always behind the guest. Let yeah. me just see what you're doing. Show me, carry on. Yeah. No, 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 let me just get this. There's that There's that panic that happens. Because that, everything is so quick. Mm. Um, that's no, tough. Absolutely. So, it's difficult. Mm. Jerry, you mentioned about, like, uh, we chatted a while ago mm. about potentially bringing, like, life coaching into the bush. Mm. Do you think there's, there's room for that? Yes. Definitely, 100%. 100%. So I've got, a, I've got a, a friend of mine, she's she's a specialized uh, mindset coach, as mm-hmm. well, and we want to potentially also take her side. But she, goes into, she goes into the bush and they don't talk for like days, and then the next three days they're like going to what they all felt and mm. kind of yeah. get in touch with themselves and then mm. kind of explore from there. It's a very good question. I think, I think to me, if you're going to do that, if if it comes across as too schwa, we're going to go and hug a tree and stuff, yeah, you're, no, yeah, you're yeah. scaring off the majority of your potential clients. Exactly. Like if you tell me to shut up in the bush, I'm going to, I can't, I can't <laughs> shut up at this time. But but I think if it's too, if it looks too like schwa, yes, you're going work. to scare people off. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it, it also depends what's the outcome. I mean, just to go into the bush for, and say we're gonna do coaching there, yes. it has to be a program. Yeah. So I've got one specific six week program which is based on goal setting, positivity, mindsets. That I can do, because I'm gonna take that entire thing, workbook, push it down, and there it is. That becomes interesting. If you can then, for example, I'm trying to think of the one example I used recently. If you can start looking at a lion hunt, for example, yeah. and you've discussed fear and goal setting and limiting beliefs and 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 and, and all those good things yeah. and now you say okay watch this lion hunt okay lions focused on something do you think that there's fear or anxiety no because they focus on the goal when they start running there's hooves coming past your face as a lion it's do you think that scares them the off it's focused okay so if you start doing that it becomes very interesting yes you link it so so yeah so, so you take lessons from the natural world and pull it across the wildebeest i did a I thought it was very clever. Uh, a piece a while ago on be the first wildebeest to cross the river. If you wait for yeah. someone to do it first, the, crocodile's not, no. the first one doesn't die. Yeah. The second one fucking dies or gets his leg yeah. broken. But that becomes interesting. Also, yes, we can order. Do you know what you want? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, hold that thought. Um, oh, yeah. Anyway, okay, so we're back. The, the other thing, so, so is to, to look at the coaching stuff as a part of the natural environment. Yes. Alternatively, and I, I mentioned this to you, I'm going to tap into our Maasai. Okay. Those people are basic and simple to a beautiful degree where, like I've spoken to one of them about suicide. Not me, a friend of mine committed suicide. And I spoke to these Maasai guys about it. And it's like, they have such clarity and, a, and such a respectful way of life that I'm looking at, and anybody listening, you can contact me about this, it's going to happen. I'm looking at doing a coaching program of four days Four nights, five days. No, hang on. Five nights, four days in Dixon's village. Oh, wow. In a Maasai village. It's rough and dark Africa, but then to pull him in on certain things. It's a very different, to take a different culture approach on yeah. things like fear and insecurity and embarrassment and judgment. 
and do you set goals or do you live day to day? So that's interesting. A lot of times, like not going to a village to like, oh, we're gonna look at these people as if they, you uh. know, as if you're going on safari almost, because that's just no. messed up when people do that. It, because they but charge for learn, that. Yeah, but that's you wrong. go and learn from yeah. like their mindset and mm. their culture in a, in a completely different way. That's and and the difficult thing with that is, if you go into a real village, you're not going to speak the language. No. If they all speak English, yeah, it's a bit of a... So in Dixon's village, I've stayed there a couple of times with clients, and not, not for coaching, for photography and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I felt as white as I ever have in my life. We were the only white people, and Dixon was the, was the only one that spoke English from a translation point of view. Oh, wow. And you'd have these guys walking past like you don't exist. Literally, you're just like me. Um, I had some of the kids went to a massive market and they came and they're trying to like and then they saw tattoos and stuff and they just lost their mind but but that so I do I do think there's huge value yeah. to taking the natural world and plugging the coaching on but I think it has to be it has to be dedicated and targeted with a game plan you can't just say let's go and and again if it's too schwau you're going to lose it there's a middle ground there I get what you say there's a middle ground with mm. Trying to, because I've become very passionate about coaching mm. and very passionate. I'm, I, I really enjoy helping. People. Have you started? I, I'm doing. I'm doing quite a bit of stuff with a couple of friends um, and family friends, mm. and I. It, it, it's. I want to say it, it's a weird feeling. It's very. It's almost soothing. It's like mm-hmm. wow, you, you know, you you knowing something is making a difference. It's Which a course did you do? I've interest. I went to um, the Transformation Academy. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And um, so I'm actually going to do more qualifications with them this year. Uh, I'm just focusing on Lodge Consulting first, which is another qualification I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but going to jump back into life coaching. Just want to get a bit more experience first, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And um, so I'm, I'm really, really enjoying it. It's ridiculously fulfilling. Wow. Like, mind-blowing. It's also at times scary as hell. Because, and in all honesty, and I mean, some of my clients will listen to this, I had two or three or three of my clients cry this week. Okay. Because not because I'm ugly to them, but you you open doors that hasn't been opened. Yeah. And the privilege of having people with that kind of faith and trust in you yeah. is scary sometimes. It's very scary. But from a fulfillment point of view, I mean, it was for me. It was always the route I was going to take. I've got honors in psychology, and I was going to go that route. Okay. And, and then life happened. I mean, yeah, I, I started competing in gymnastics. And I had to then decide, am I going to do my M to finish, or am I going to do sports? So I went to my dad, I mean, the guys heard this, and I'm like, what should I do? Please tell me what to do. No, whatever you do, we'll support you. No, <laughs> damn it, tell me what to do. And it's always been the... Don't the, be such a good dad. Yeah, 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 stop it. Do it for me. And, and it's always been this bear in the back of my mind I had to kill. So I was always going to go there. Okay. And yeah, it's been... It's, it's real. So yeah, I'm sorry, your, your listeners are probably going to get quite frustrated with me, but... <laughs> How did you end up from going psychology major? Let's go to Medicare. Talk me through this. Oh like, God! How did, yes. how did that? How okay. Did that so, <laughs> so I was always going to. When I was doing sports psychology, yeah, I was combining a BCom sports management, so yes. anatomy, exercise science, all that stuff, yeah, yeah. with um, BA human sciences. So I combined two degrees to get to that point. Um, I was doing gymnastics at the same time, yeah. and uh, well, as work, I was doing personal training in that. So. Wow, how did this happen? So, when I went to first year, I'm gonna try and speed this up because it's a long story. So, <laughs> I went to first year university, I was doing javelin. Yeah. I hurt my knee. Okay. Um, the spikes hooked and it's not nice. Yeah. And I went to the trampoline for rehab and stuff, met the coach, national gymnastics coach, started playing around with it, a couple years later won nationals. Happened to be. So the next year I could compete at Worlds, it was in Germany, 2000 and 
19 something. 94, 98, 98, I think. Anyway, so then I had to do the decision. I said to my dad, listen, what do I do? No, we'll support you. No, yeah, damn it. Yeah. Anyway, so I decided the sporting route. Started competing internationally. I did, I did three world championships. Okay. At the same time, we were running a company called the Institute of Fitness Professionals. Yes. Where we qualified people to become personal trainers, um, exercise scientists, yes. Pilates instructors and such. So, competed at gymnastics. Then one year when they came and they said, okay, as of next year, 25% of the traveling team international has to be of color. That's when I started saying, you know what, can't do this anymore. I either had to sign up for another Olympic cycle to see if we could get there. Yeah. I came ninth on one competition. If I came eighth, different story. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah, of course. So, so then I came back and I focused on the work side of things. Um, and Adele, I met on the national gymnastics team. She was in the traveling team, but I met her there. We then both had personal training businesses in the same gym. And a woman who shared our offices where I was working, she was doing recruitment for cruise ships. So she phoned and said, listen, um, I need two people to come and work at the spa on board the Queen Mary 2. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Anyway, I forgot about it. She phoned back two books. Have I got something? I said, I didn't listen first time around. Tell me again. And I mean, it was something, this is a long time ago. It's like $3,500 each, and then you get gratuities. Like, what the? And you travel for free. Anyway, so down I went. We spent three and a bit, just short of three years on the ship. But we were concession staff, so, I mean, if you're one of the Filipinos working on those things, they give you like one and a half minutes off a week or something stupid. It's ridiculous. These people work their asses off. But we were concessions, so the, the spa always closed in port, so we did all that. When we left that, oh, during my gymnastics time, I did all my, my guiding courses. Okay. That, was, that was just for me because of interest, never planning yeah, to guide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when we left the ship, we got a position at Wilderness Safaris as North Island in the Seychelles. Okay, yeah. We managed their guest relations for about a year. Great guest experience, back of house, negative. Okay. It's a dog show. Um, left there, came back to South Africa, and one of the first things that came up, because we put our, our, um, our uh, CV out as a couple, mate, thank you. Yeah, yeah. and we got lodge management. Okay. And when we started the lodges then, uh, well, in between I was doing freelancing, yeah, guiding, fair, or whatever. Fair, fair. Do you want to guide as well? Yes, cool. So, during the first couple of years, I did everything level one, two, three, SKS, yes. all the goodies. Um, lodge management, everything started playing with photography. Well, the photography started on the ship already. Yeah. Um, and eventually, we got to Nkuru, the last lodge, and I, it's easy. Corporate lodge is easy because you know who's coming. Yeah. It's not like in and out. So, I, yeah. Who's emailing me? That's good. So, I then started Photo Africa which eventually became Wild Eye, and here we are. That is a flipping interesting story. It's a hell of a ride. Yeah. <laughs> are you going to write a book one day? M maybe. I think you should. Maybe, like, maybe. Like, guys, it's really, it has it's its a moments. really interesting story, because there's like, there's some really massive accomplishments. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. Uh, I've never uh, been a 9 to 5. I don't do 9 to 5. Clearly. Can't do it. But I get nervous and anxious if you put me in office for nine to five. But that's, that's wonderful though. That like just shows how like one thing in life leads to another. Because uh, you know that's mm -hmm. that's the whole essence of life. Yeah. It just you can never plan things. You just but that's also follow. and that's hundred percent. You got to go with it. That's for sure. But then I had this bear I had to kill. The mm. yeah, back. I had to finish yeah, something. Yeah. And how that came about is we were at my house and there was friends of mine. My sister was over. Some of them were having some issues. So they some speaking there and there. And I was just talking to this guy over a few bottles of wine. And he said to me, oh no, because we were talking about you should do this. And he said, you should do life coaching. You should be a life coach. I'm like, didn't think a thing of it. 
It's like 11 o'clock. I woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning, like that, and it's like, got it. And by 4 o'clock that morning, I've done research. I think I paid for the course two days later. Yeah. Just as applied psychology to finish what I had. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, so been, it's been real. Uh, mine was very similar. My mom yeah. did like it. She's, she's like a master. So mm. She's done uh, top, top, top. And she was like, she, we were sitting in the car the one day, and she said, Craig, you would be great. And I said, well, well like, why, what makes you think this? It's just like, you care about people and you love to talk. You talk a lot. And that's pretty much like mm. hand in hand. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's been real. It's been a ride. No, you've had a, you've had a It's been a ride. But now, now you want to get back to... Look, COVID messed up travel for all of us, but I want to get back to traveling on my own as well. Okay. Because, again, like you said earlier on, people see you at the lodge. They see us traveling all over the show. Yes, but when I'm traveling for work, I'm not just worrying about myself. I've got six people, check-ins, international luggage, passports, visas. It becomes real. And lucky, look, the ladies in the office do most of it, but still, you're the... You're the the gateway to that. Yeah. I remember chatting to quite a few people that used to, you know, like at the lodges, you get those those big groups that come through and uh, they've got those tour guides. And mm. you as the lodge, you've got them for four days and you're like, ah, look at this, this guy's basically just, you look at that tour leader, mm. you're like, ah, this guy's basically just on holiday. But he has to deal with 30 frail, mm. near-death Americans. Yeah, like 80 to Yeah, 80 to Bultong, Coffin Dodger, yeah. proper. Yeah. And he has to deal with that weeks but that's no. the thing is if people see people just see the lavish side of it and, and they don't realize how much how much work that goes back to it and especially emotional work i think mm. um, and you know how much because you need to be you need to be on top all the time yeah. and you need to be happy you need to be you know which is great because yeah. we're all social people and we enjoy that yeah but at some point you know it yeah. gets too much like we if, when we still were working in the budget industry people were always like how can you you work and live in Kruger literally six weeks at a time, and then every time you, you go, go leave, we go to Kruger for for uh, like they, they holiday. It's not the same. But yeah. it's because it's not the same. We can spend it. We can we only think about ourselves. We mm. can cook nothing for dinner if we want to, or yeah. like make have chips for dinner if we want to, yeah. or we can sit at a, at a leopard. We've waited for cheetahs for like thirty-four hours. The one that yeah. Yeah. you know, because we want to do that. When you're with other people, you need to think about them, which is great, and you know we all love it. But it's still it's a completely different thing. Yeah. You, you are working yeah. as great as the job is. You know what's you funny? I just thought about this now. So when people look at our lives and all the people on Instagram, it's all the it's all the highlights. We've, and it's, it's, I'm it's not going to put all the. I don't want to put fucking Excel spreadsheets on my. You know what I mean? Is that? But. When people look at it, they've got so much hope that they only see the positive. However, we as human beings are wired negatively. The negativity bias is stronger than anything. So, and the example I've used recently with clients as well, if you put a salad, you put one cockroach in it, it spoils the whole salad. But it doesn't work in the reverse. Sewage, chocolate bar, doesn't flip it. But when it comes to something like this, and people have this dream and the hope of doing something, then suddenly they don't see everything else. No. Hope's a funny absolutely, thing. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. They don't see all the head there, you know. Just that uh, human brain is an interesting. I've started looking at like just because I'm so aware of how people look at my life and how they they think what they think my life looks like. Uh, I'm very aware of when I see other people now. Like I follow a lot of people who inspire me, mm. and, like photographers, travel photographers, all that kind of stuff. They inspire me, and I'm like, okay, it's amazing. I do really enjoy what they do, and I'm like, that's a goal for me to work yeah, towards yeah, yeah. what they're doing. But at the same time, I'm always 
keeping it in the back of my mind because I know how people look at me. Yes. I keep it in the back of my mind. I'm like, there's a lot of negative stuff there that I don't know. And keep as soon as I'm on social media and I'm like, I find myself being jealous of someone, I'm like, but maybe you wouldn't actually want mm. their life completely. You might want certain parts of it and let me work towards that as goals, but I don't want their life because no. that, that's not the same as, as, as my life, you know? Years ago, years ago, like I'm talking about, just when influencer marketing became a thing in the US, they, and I'm sure it still happens, some of these young kids who are like, oh, let me tell you how to become a millionaire in four and a half minutes or whatever the case is, yeah. they would go and rent Lamborghinis, do their shoes, put it back. They would go to the bank, loan money, draw the cash, put it on the bed, roll around in their bikini, take the pictures, take the cash back. And you think, that's what we've come That's, that's what it's become. Where, that's, where, that's where the human race has led us. No. The things you see on social media aren't real. And that's, I think it's so important to keep that. It can be inspiring. Yeah. It can want you to create similar things. And like yeah. for me, I look at an artistic side, I see a photo and I'm like, that's amazing. I love that. That inspires me uh. to become a better photographer. Yeah. But you need to keep in mind that it's not, it's not real. One of the best quotes I've seen about it was something like, the, the best moments in your life are the ones you can't share online. That's a naughty mm. one. That's a good one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, like when you like pull out the one. joint or the whiskey and yeah, stuff to a certain exactly. point. Okay, we're filming for an hour and then we stop. <laughs> but it is. It's that, that, but, but people just want to... And it's sad. It's, and look, lockdown messed it up. Lockdown yeah. was great for TikTok because people got creative at home. Yeah. But the whole way we see all these things is just very bizarre. I think, you know, uh, uh, we, we focus, we go back to negativity. I think um, now recently, obviously, with me and Carolina starting our new venture, um, on Instagram, I got quite a bit of, um, I wouldn't say hate, but let's say criticism, as, as one does. Um, kind of saying, oh, Craig, are you sure this is the right time to do this? Are you sure this is the right economy? Why are you making this change? You had such a good life at the lodges. Like, then, what are you doing? And you tell people, like, oh, we're leaving the lodge industry, you know, to follow you. They're projecting their fears and insecurities onto yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. And then basically what happened was, I, I just had to do a story, and I was like, guys, you know what? Because I got quite a few of these questions, so I was like, "Let me just do a story." Um, and I said, "Yeah, guys, I've been I've been getting quite a lot of um, criticism on this." And the long story short is, yes, I can do this. Those of you asking, "Can you really do this?" Yes, I can. Yeah, watch this. I, watch, watch. Yeah. I'm currently sitting in my house right now. Mm. I am doing it, and um, uh, I just said, "You know what, guys? Life is not easy. Life has never been easy. Life will never be easy." And those of you that have convinced yourselves in your little bubbles, in your little homes, that life is easy. Those are the true failures, and um, you know, it all comes down to trying and failure, yeah. trial and error. And if you're not failing, you're actually not trying. That's mm. how you find the perfect formula. There's and this so many people just can't get their head around that. Yeah, that's very strange. And yes, it's 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 a massive risk to take. But you have no idea how liberating it has been. Twenty-eight. You can fail three more times. You'll exactly. Be fine. But see, that's the thing. There's, there's this quote that I actually had on my phone. I like has it, have it on as my background because I wanted to keep inspiring me. Because because we were going into yeah. this, and it's scary at times. It really is. But the quote says, and then there's the big, the biggest risk of all is to live the rest of your life on the bet that you, you can, do, can do what you want one day. Like you will earn enough to do what you want one day instead of doing it today. We go back to what Jerry said. Uh, Jerry was saying that, what, what, what are they calling it on, on social media? Revenge trap. Yeah, revenge trap. That is basically what they're saying. Is mm. they, they've, before COVID, people were living like, oh, don't stress. Everything's I'll so do accessible. That one day. I have time. Everything's so, I'll do time. that one day. Then yeah. COVID happened and now everyone's like, 
no, let's, let's, we don't have, we can die yeah. tomorrow. Like, let's get this done. Or the world can lock down again. Exactly, yeah, that's exactly what we've done. I actually wonder, do you think they'll be able to lock us down again? People will lose their shit. Know, hey. <laughs> they will lose their I think, minds. I don't think we can afford it as like the, I think the, the, world. the government. I mean, finance won't work. No. But in America, they'll burn things in the street because I mean, they're almost back to normal. Mm. I mean, yeah. and for, for a lot of the states, I mean, California, Florida, a lot of them haven't worn masks anyway. No. Yeah. Now to try and enforce that again, yeah. I'll go burn a tire on the road. <laughs> do my own little protest. <laughs> No, it, no I, I don't know no. if we can do that again. I think mentally people will break. Yeah, it, so. it'll it'll take us to a bad God, place. We, we took strain, um, but again, we were on a we were on a seven thousand meter. We were like uh, our traversing area was seven. Yeah, people are hating you right now. Right? You know, absolutely. Just listening no, to no, this. No, yeah. no, listeners are saying like, guys. our lockdown. Sorry, guys. <laughs> that was the uh, one positive thing about yeah, our lockdown. Yeah, our lockdown. We go on social media drives. We were eight to twelve. You had this huge lodge. You could enjoy the lodge pool. And in the booze ban, obviously no one expected the booze ban. We had a we stock liquor cabinets. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Uh, so yes, he sorry about shocking. that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was. It, we didn't really experience it like everyone else did. Yeah. Uh, but again, with all that even still being said, after three months of not being able to leave this reserve, mm-hmm. when certain restrictions were, well, it, it took. Cabinets to relax. Yeah. Mm. But even you know things for me, for example, like I wasn't able to go home to Sweden for a year and a half, and, mm. and that was really really tough for me. And then when I did go home, I was only home for ten days, mm. and I realized, okay, this is not a right time for my family. And, and as I mentioned earlier, like I realized I need I need to have more time in Sweden with my family and be able to do that because it's it made me realize how important that is to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, and, and that's the thing. You even if we were lucky to be at a at a lodge and all that. I was still not able to see my family for very long, and you know all those kind of things also. Yeah, came I, haven't, into I haven't it. been able to see them. You haven't seen my family for years. Mm. We had the, we had that plan, like we like no, I'll come over once yeah. year, and then COVID just. But it wasn't. It's not just us. I'm not playing victim here. I'm just. I'm saying it. Everyone globally. It's, it affects yeah, their, it their does, plans. Yeah. We're just thrown, uh, thrown in the wind. Yeah, 100%. So where's Wild Cruise Safaris in five years from now? I think we might be on our way to Sweden, we might be taking it over to Sweden, but at that stage hopefully having having representatives in South Africa. Yeah. Uh, and spending a lot of time still in South Africa. Let's, let's, sure, let's, sure. let's avoid the word hopefully it is. Okay. Yeah, no, I like that, I like that. Manifest um, yeah. And uh, have people running the South African side of things, still having myself and Carolina yeah. directing okay. everything, but taking it over and probably then in five years focusing more on a... Um, Scandinavian clientele base. Sure. You'll be there doing a lot of nice niche. Absolutely. Something we um, want to do is so a lot of people. What the biggest thing that I'm noticing is that people are scared of coming to South Africa because it's like it's, it's you know media and whatever. It's a scary country. Um, if media makes it sound like that, and that's where we want to be. We want to be able to do things like literally meet people at the airport in Norway, Sweden, Denmark, or whatever it is. Mm. Meet them there and fly with them to South Africa yeah. and be with them, private guide the whole way, yeah. making sure you guys are fine, right. doing, yeah. you know, so that That's kind of cool. stuff. We I'm from, from South Africa, you know, you, you meet them there at the airport yeah, Stockholm, yeah. you'll be like, I'm from Stockholm now, but I spend my whole life in South Africa, let's go. Yeah. You know, from South Africa, build that trust, build that trust, and you mm. take them all the way through their two-week trip to yeah. South Africa, teach them a bit about photography, sure. teach them a bit about the Porsche, because you've got the contacts in South Africa, and you drop them back at the airport in Stockholm. Yeah. Like, okay, you are nice. safe, tell your friends. 
Nice. So the thing about this group is also we're not only focusing on like tours and the agency kind of part of it and, and the photographic guiding, like all that kind of stuff. We're also focusing on things like, for me, well, that's more me, I guess, like teaching photography online. Yep. Like yeah, I've got my editing classes that I'm doing now. I've got my presets and I'm actually writing a book at the moment for wildlife photography for beginners. Um, that I'm gonna sell in my shop as well. That I want to, you know, want to teach people because teaching is a huge passion of mine. Yeah. So that's a big thing, and then also teaching things like social media to mm. lodges, for example. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I hope I'll be able to. Yeah. No man. But you know, like that's, a, that's, a whole, that's actually like a whole another thing. podcast. Yeah. Huge. Huge. Like lodges don't know. There's they have no, there's no, no thought process. There's no. They don't understand the marketing. If I just keep on posting a lion picture, we're yeah, good. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, no, that, that's great. In, in a couple of, of photos of the rooms. Like, that's, that's what yeah. they... Yeah. It's like you're banging your head against the screen. No, you can't get through them. Like, like I said, I've worked... Well, there's a couple of them that do it really well. Yeah. And I will name them. Blonde Lose, Samita, Mala Mala. That's it's no captivating time. stuff. But in other properties that I've worked at no. more recently... Um, and you see these, you know, terrible. they have, like, portrait... Because we, on social media, especially on Instagram, you need to because landscape it like sure that goes sometimes but landscape doesn't fill enough of the screen so it does, it's not as captivating and you just see all of these landscape videos on reels and then they cropped in a weird way so they like the small little thing with all this white mm. around or like I'm like, what's going on here? Like, you, you, you're not captivated. But they want to do it on this, on their own. So that's, that's it. The that's thing. it. Because they don't want to pay. They don't want to pay. No. But that's what I'm, what I'm hoping to is to go out to lodges and say, hey, let me teach someone on the ground to do social media mm. for you guys. You know, um, that's that's your only cost. You'll teach your, exactly. you'll teach your people. Yeah. The biggest, the biggest barrier to entry there is egos. Once you get past that, you're good. But yeah. that's it. But I also think it's a problem is because most of the lodges at the moment, Jerry is. Now it's now you can see I'm getting quite. Uh, I love talking about this. You know, um, I've always said it since I started in this industry. If you've got a two in front of your age, no one gives it the time of day. No matter what industry you're in, especially particularly the lodge industry. Okay, oh, you worked. I worked my way into a couple of senior positions, but yeah. that was working my ass. Sure. Um, but yeah, if you've got a two in front of your age, whether it's social media, whether it's your generation that understands that kind of thing, no time mm. of the day given. Or what do you know? I've been doing this job for 25 years. I have a marketing You've been degree, doing, so I know. Like, yeah, 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 and you they, they teach you about the Instagram algorithm in your marketing. Yeah, you also yeah. have three followers. You haven't been in the trenches. <laughs> no, exactly. You haven't. Yeah. Hand-to-hand combat online is what gets people where we are. Mm. But they've never done it. So no, they haven't. Because they've got the and you know what their lodge system it works and it gets stuff. But there's there's new ways of what well, what what stats were I was I reading 15 to 20 percent of your bookings if you're running your social media property that can generate so much 15 to 20 oh, it's way more than that for us really eh? way on more. social media so social media gets your traction okay, there's lodges out there listening to this podcast way more pay attention no it is it's, um, it's way more than that and that's it and I, I, I and there's I so at, much there's so much content around lodges when when I was still at lodge I would post so much from the lodge from my job imagine stuff. if you're the person making this mm. can you market this please I've already got five ideas but mm. Compared to a lodge, food, 
yeah. room. Lions, killing, guide, fun. It's, it's in like the staff, and that's the thing. Like I, I posted so much from the lodge while while we were still working there, and I got so many people wondering, where is this? How can I come here? How can I get there? Because they saw the, you know, they saw what was happening at the lodge. Not just the pretty rooms that mm. you or the lions that you're seeing on Game Drop. It's about the food that you're eating or the drinks that you're having and the, the talks you have with the staff and meeting the whole vibe. You need to bring that social media. Did you ever see Wild Eye TV? We did. No. Go and look for it on YouTube. Is There's it a channel YouTube? on our on our it's a playlist on the channel. Okay. It's exactly that. Yeah. So what we did is we would go and create content. So we'd always go three or four, so we've got a couple of cameramen and audio and the whole thing. Yeah. And you would do a mini documentary of it. Mm. The problem is that people lodges specifically, but anybody running a business, when you say you run social media, you need to sell, you need to sell, you need to sell. Yeah. No. You don't need to sell. Tell the story. We as human beings, since the beginning of fucking painting buffaloes on the wall with blood, or cherries or whatever they used, we've been storytellers. Just tell the story and you'll get people in. That's the thing, and then people get this connection because I feel like a lot of lodges are also like, we shouldn't show too much of what is going show on. Show everything. Because they're like, because people need to come here and experience it. We don't want to give, give away the product. Just get the people there. And that's the thing, I'm like, show them everything. Tell them exactly what it's like to yeah. be here. Make, make them feel like they are guests through the social media's eye, and then they're going to want to be there. And also, the people who then look at it and say, okay, cool, I don't want to go because I've experienced it, that is not your ideal client avatar. No. That's not your client. Exactly. Not everybody's your client. No. No. I understand that. So yeah. people might just want to see the, the pictures. They're never going to book with you. No. So show them whatever. The people who want us to come with you, it'll sell to them. Also, no, like, like Jerry just said, is the storytelling behind it is Instagram has a story feature. Mm. Interact, be interactive on it. Either whether it be the guide, one day the guide does it, one day yeah. it's a lot more admin now coming from the lodge industry and whatnot. Now they're saying, oh, this is an extra thing for someone to do. But talk, tell people about stuff, tell them about, oh wow. But it can be very quick as well, it can be like 15 second videos of like, oh, this is what they saw in Game Club this morning. Oh, just ran across the river in front of the lodge. Uh, stay tuned. I think the guards are hitting me now. They're going to post the yeah. photos later. You know, they're captivating, interactive stuff. We're, we're going through one of the most interesting times in human history of how humans communicate in the last 12 years. Airbnb, Instagram, yes. Facebook, all these things. These things didn't exist way back then. But now again, we're going through this change. We're going metaverse and NFTs and blah, 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 blah. And I think people who were stuck in the days of, let's put a TV ad out, let's put a magazine ad out, yeah. they are so lost. Oh. Do, 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 you know, do you know there's so properties um, that, uh, I won't mention names, are still putting their little brochure in a magazine. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. that is costing you 20 grand. Instagram is costing you nothing. But the, the thing is, no, I'm noticing... No, take 20,000, punch it into Facebook ads. Exactly, there you go. But what I'm, what I'm fi finding as well is that lodges think that posting on Facebook, posting on Instagram is the same as putting an ad in a, in a magazine. Mm. They do it in the same way. Uh, and, and that's not how it works. In the magazine, people might be reading it on their phones and whatever and be like, oh, that's pretty, yeah. let me see what that is, whatever. On social media, you have all of these different expressions. You need to stand out. Yeah. really need to stand I think, out. I think it's, mm. I think it's, yeah, it's connection. Uh, absolutely. I think it's all about connection, storytelling. And I, I think bottom line is, you know, it's, it's very important to for lodge owners to understand or managers, whatever case may be, mm. the world is changing. 
and the way you can market your property yeah. is very different from when you, say for instance, started in the industry. I was, funny, I was speaking to, we did a side visit to the Houghton Hotel. They invited us for lunch to show us around. Uh, okay, they were with African Anthology, yeah, alright. Um, um, there's, there's links with marketing companies okay, okay, and stuff. Okay. And the one, this PR lady we were talking to, we did a lot of work with her. She says, well, her biggest challenge, just to echo what you're saying, is, and she said her words, 70-year-old lodge owners who live 70 years ago. Yes, that's it. And that's what I'm finding is so difficult. And, stuff and, just nothing. and again, it's, it's probably something that also did push me out of the industry as well. Jerry, I think, um, you know, the, there, was, there was no, well, I'm not saying everywhere, but... You know, generally, mm. there's no forward thinking. Yeah. There's no forward thinking. It's like this is. It's been working for 60 words? years. Why yes. must we change it? Well, this yeah. is this is just how we've done things. We're going to keep doing it uh, because it's worked. Bumping your head against the wall, expecting that's a different it. result. That's yeah. it. You're just going to end up bleeding. Yeah. Because literally, you're against the wall. Strange thing. Thing. That's just strange, how it is. strange thing. It's yeah. very frustrating sometimes. Mm. So, for people listening, where can they get hold of you online? Yeah, well, mostly through our social media. Social media. Our, yeah. our, our website is, not, is still in development, as I mentioned earlier. When would yeah. it be out? Uh, probably in the next month or so. Yeah. Okay, so we're um, looking at like end of March, April, somewhere. Yes, and what's the there. website address? Uh, it would be www.wildeskruger.com. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then obviously it's so social media. So myself would be Caroline and the Wild, and yeah. then Craig Green Wildlife. Yeah. Green Wildlife. On and then Instagram, and then Wildest Crew is Safari on Instagram. And then email. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at the moment, yeah, obviously, it's just it's all very recent, so yeah, yeah, just yeah. stuck together a few things, and like, I'm still just, for now, going to be working with a Gmail account, which yeah. is craig.wildestcrewsafaris at gmail.com. Right. Um, and yeah, that's where you can get us. Lekker. Well, good luck. Thank you. We'll do this again sometime. When you guys are up and running, let's have a chat again. Absolutely. And um, whenever you're in Joburg, pop in, we'll do something. But uh, yo, guys, go get hold of them. Um, time for lunch now. Thanks for having stuff. us. Thank you. All right, guys, there you go. So uh, we will chat to them down the line again when they come to Johannesburg. Lovely couple. And yo, some great photography and travel ideas coming out of them which is nice so as always thank you so much for listening thank you for lending me your ears if you have any questions you know where to get hold of me jerry finnewalt on all the social media platforms and i will chat to you in the next episode my name is jerry i'm from wild eye have a good one